Um, Are we so, going to start in progress? Yeah, we're we're live right now, actually, uh, Dan Aguirre. So you know, you um, let me get rid of Nomad here because he's not here yet. And I am now Kurt Cobain from MTV Unplugged. So I mean, I'm, you, an, I'm an icon. You have never looked this thin before in your life. I know. I wish. Like I came out of the pussy like uh, already, like 39 pounds. I mean, come on. <laughs> and and the grip on your uh, Kurt Cobain uh, avatar, it, it, it looks like you're jerking off. Actually. <laughs> well, you know what. Uh, Kurt deserves to to ejaculate. I mean, he <laughs> he does. Indeed. He was fantastic. He does indeed. We've got a, a lot of people already entering the bar room. Uh, Dan is Cobain. Ravi noticed it. Got it, picked it up right away. Uh, and Saint Omni, of course, with the Bears are a humbug. But we're not here to complain. This is fucking our Christmas special. Oh no, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one thing I've been dying to say since Sunday. Whoa, I love it. I love it. I don't know if that we want to make that a tease or if you want me to just no, just, make it a tease. We'll roll the open and then right after the open we'll go. So right. if you want to make this as uh, you want to make this inappropriate and start talking about some of the MILFs that you've been having sex with, absolutely, Swanky, bring it on. <laughs> Let's hear about it. <laughs> yes, Swanky, we don't we can't depend just on Dan's sex life for, for fun here to live vicariously <laughs> through. <laughs> so uh let's get on with the open and then we'll officially start this show. <laughs> Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo to bare their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. Look, I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Oh my goodness! Dan Aguirre, how are you, my friend? 
I was listening to the intro there or watching it, and I discovered, I really thought about what I need to do in my personal life. I need to get back to masturbating. <laughs> between the, the so Bears season, yeah, between the Bears season being so you lose 10 out of 11, and then the drama at the house with like stealing and family members and all that bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I just haven't been in the mood, man. That's what I need to do. I need to like sit around some time either to get some ass or to masturbate or something. That's what I need to do. That is the secret to life because, frankly, I am tired of disappointing my wife. I'm just going to go ahead and masturbate. (laughs) 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 I've been so unhappy, and it's like, I think at this point to make myself masturbate, I have to slip myself a fucking date rate drug like Bill Cosby. (laughs) Send me some of those, please. (laughs) The the clip where he's talking to Larry... For that you, remember, you remember that clip where he's talking to Larry King describing the Spanish fly or whatever? Yes. I just still can't believe the Bill Cosby thing was true, man. Like, I didn't want it to be true, but something that is also true with the Chicago Bears, I've been waiting for two days to tell you, and I know it's going to come across as a hot take, but I don't think it is because we've been slowly progressing this way for weeks. I don't know why Cairo Santos is still on the team. It's not just because he's missed five extra points. Most kickers in the National Football League today, most kickers are automatic like 50 to 54-ish. You know, and then you got the guys with the big legs that, like uh, Zerline that can kick 57, 58, 59, 60. Uh, Matt Prater, uh, you know. But the, the charm of Cairo was that he could almost be automatic from 45 on. And coming off of Cody Parkey, we needed that. And it's like, now he can't make extra points. He has no confidence. And you have to forsake a 48-yard field goal. You have to punt from your own 31 because he doesn't have the temerity to go out and attempt to kick. Why is he on the team? I asked that same question. I had a bunch of Twitter people, you know, promising to come to my house and kick my ass <laughs> I, don't, I don't care man it's worth getting at my ass kicked <laughs> if he gets cut and yeah. I, i'm sorry man he if you are some people have been saying well he he told eberflus mm-hmm. that he couldn't make the kick either way if eberflus thought oh he can't make the kick or cairo tells him he can't make the kick and uh fuck Eber, eberflus should have been the coach and been like bro your job's to kick get your ass out there Mm-hmm. At this right. point, I, I think Matt Eberflus is so scared that I don't even know if he's ever had sex unprotected. Like he he wouldn't even risk a pregnancy or a disease. He wouldn't take that risk. He probably if he's a dad, it's through it's through uh, like tubes and a fucking uh, in in a uh, laboratory. Dan, you're failing to recognize something. What's that? They, they, it's okay if Cairo misses kicks because. The fix is in. We're oh, no, don't it. tell me the draft pick stuff. We're Come tanking. On. We're tanking. It's- we almost beat the team with the best record in the NFC. Yes. And ar- arguably awesome. could have been because what else happened? Our favorite Valus Jones proves once again he cannot uh, possess the football without fumbling. That's right. He makes Rashawn Salam look like who's someone that just never fumbled. I mean, like never. Like, I don't even know. But, it, it, but fuck, Rashawn oh, had all. Walter, well, we say that Walter fumbled in the NFC Championship game in '85. He fumbled in Super Bowl twenty. He fumbled in the '86 playoff game against Washington. So, <laughs> well, I'm not going to kick that. Walter. But yeah, you get my point though. Like, 
uh, if I look, I know we got injuries at wide receiver now, but mm-hmm. if I were uh, Eberflus, I'd be like, look, Valus, uh, uh, Simba Webster is getting your your fucking your routes now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, get ready for camp next year because you're gonna have to earn your spot. I mean, you have fumbled like five times in critical spots in this season. Almost every time you've gotten the ball, mm-hmm. you fumbled. Even the ones that you he didn't fumble on, he nearly fumbled on. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this guy's problem? But here's the thing. I think that under normal circumstances, if the Bears were vying for a playoff spot, this administration would have cut Cairo Santos and brought in other kickers. But given the situation that they don't want to, you know, necessarily go out of their way to win this is a team that traded away roquan smith you know so (laughs) if you're going to trade away the nfl's leading tackler you think that they're going to really fucking care they got a kicker who you can't depend on in these last four or five games that's really what's going on they weren't here in 2018 none of these guys but as the bears franchise we should just go ahead and start looking now Because we all remember what it was like to not have a kicker and it cost us a playoff game. I bet you they are. I bet you they're scouting kickers, pro and college. Uh, I don't think Cairo Cairo has a like a salary cap hit of a million bucks or 1.5 million if he's not back next season. I, I wouldn't I even bring him to, to, I was about to say to Bourbonnet, I guess Lake Forest. I wouldn't even bring him to Lake Forest. I'd say Last thank you for your service. Him. Last year we loved him though. So what do you think is going on? What happened to him? He's lost all of his confidence. You can see it in his face. He has no fucking confidence he's going to make a kick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he's just like a you, – you remember in baseball, uh, occasionally there would be a, an infielder who suddenly couldn't make the throw from second to first? Yep, sure. Like Chuck Knobloch, yeah. I think, had that happen to him when Steve he was – Sachs. Yeah, Steve Sachs. Yeah, he's like one of those guys now who, who's mentally lost his shit. I'm 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 serious. By the way, Dan, you've never looked better. Uh, King Pookie Nation is sending you compliments, saying, "Boy, you look just like Kurt Cobain." <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Cobain is a much better looking guy than me, minus uh, his uh, his addiction to uh, uh, to heroin. Yes, <laughs> I was going to say something totally off. Uh, <laughs> totally politically incorrect, but I'll, I'll leave that for later in the show. Cliff says, why don't we just give Cairo some cocaine? I agree. He needs to do a couple of shots of Hennessy before going out there to kick because uh, his his balls have shriveled up. And it's, I think it's the cold. I mean, remember earlier in the, in the season where he complained about the swirling winds and so forth? And I'm like, dude, you kicked perfectly here last year. Why would you say that? Why would you enter, let that thought enter your psyche? Because now you fucking ruined yourself. And that was, I don't know, the, uh, the third game of the season when he brought that up. Maybe it was the first game. And uh, well, it couldn't have been the first game. He missed those uh, two extra points against 49ers. And maybe that had something to do with it. But, yeah, he, I am totally with you, Dan Aguirre. He has totally fucking psyched himself out. And if he doesn't get it correct, if he didn't have a couple of sessions already with the Bears team psychiatrist, then, you know, fucking start packing your bags. So, yeah, he and Bayless Jones are, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want either one of them to play the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the thing with Bayless is, um, are you really ready to give up on your third round draft pick? Uh, I say throw him out there. This, this is the season to see what he's got. And I know uh, I've uh, seen enough. 
<laughs> the, the, the guy has fumbled like five times. Am I? Is it feeding back? On, is it just me or are you hearing it too? I'm not hearing it. I hope this is not a fucking problem. I worked long and hard. I'm hearing feedback from Dan again. Me, see, I, 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 am I am too. too. If uh, people in the chat room, I hear an echo says Johnny Santucci is backstage. He's back. Oh my gosh. Let me uh, see what I can do here, Mr. Dan Aguirre. Um, where is your audio? Oh, there it is. Let me see if I can edit the mic settings and just bring it in a little. I was just going to say, Valus, and I hear the echo now. Valus has fumbled like five times and had like four or five other times he almost fumbled. And those, and those are the only the touches, touches he's had the whole season. season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, this is the weird thing. Uh, now, now I can't, I can't hear, hear you. you. Okay. People say that I'm fine, but that the echo is from you. But I think it's my mixer that's creating it. Uh, let me see if I can change the settings here. And there, there's only limited amount of controls that I have. Take off the automatically adjust mic volume. Bring it down. Do you still hear it now? Still hear it? Uh, um, check, check, yes. Jesus. What about now? Um, um, check, 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 yes. Fuck. This sucks. You, yeah, can I feel you like still, Alex, Alex Leatherwood right now. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to play well, and I've come in, and, and, and I'm shooting the bed right now. <laughs> but it's not you. That's the thing. That's the crazy thing. It's not you. It is my mixer that is creating this. Your mixer. Check, check, check. check, check. check. Yeah, 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 I'm still hearing it. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one. Hot. And it's still not on volume. It's just. I'm sorry. Sorry. Say that again. I potted the mic down and it's still like echoing terribly. And it do you hear me echo or is it just you? It's just me. Okay. See, I, I, and again, I don't think it's your fault. I am in a different studio, but that's because Lori is here in the studio I normally am in. Well, let me let me see, uh, hey, Mr. Shorty. Are you ready to come in? I want to make sure uh, your audio is fine. Yeah, I'm here, buddy. How you doing? Oh man, you are. The here. other Dan is here. Can you hear do me? You, how do I? How yeah, do I, how do I, I hear you, Mr. Sound? Shorty. Do you hear Dan? Dan, but he has feedback. Okay. Do, uh, and I have. I, I, I hear a little tad bit of feedback on my end. Okay. I do too. But not like Dan. See, the thing is, yeah, I I'm like a musician that has reverb on the mic. Thing yeah, is, totally. Let me try this. I, I think this will solve the problem, but it might uh, fuck up my other settings. Hold on a sec. Do 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 do. Everybody who is live with us, thank you for sticking with us as we solve this. We're just trying to work out a Christmas show, for God's sake. Yeah. Oh, that sounds testing, better. Testing it one, does. two, testing one, two. Yeah. Check, check, check. Better. I don't think I hear it. All right, but here's the thing, and I, I need help from people in the chat room. Um, let me know if you can hear this. I don't see mm -hmm. the Bears beating the Bills. Yes. I. You heard it. Dan, I heard it. I heard it. Uh, Johnny Santucci, you heard it, right? Mm -hmm. But did the people in the chat? Oh, Jordan Silvera. Thank you, Jordan. You. Yes. 
All right, so we're going to do it this way, and then I'm going to take this fucking $500 mixer, and I'm going to fucking throw it against the wall and say, Merry Christmas, somebody. Come Dude, on. Do it like Office Space shit. and just take it. A... <laughs> if you want to finish <laughs> your bit, you can pull me on. I'm glad to help you having, get, having got this worked out. No, Go ahead and finish no, with your... no. Stay, stay with us. Let's see if Nomad is here. Hold on. Nomad, are you here? Hey, which one of you motherfuckers got my money? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Nomad. Is that really you? You look like a fucking snowman. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fucking white ass snowman that drives a black Cadillac. <laughs> hey, what do you all think? What do you all think about my uh, saying that Santos should be gone now? Like not even before Buffalo. Not I don't even mean kick the rest of the season. I thank you for your service, sir. If I may, I uh, I would just like to say that I, I agree with you, Dan. That he. I think he's like a kind of a head case kind of a guy and he's got it stuck in his head. And when he, when he gets in a streak, as we saw last year and he, he didn't miss, you know, he still has been really good on field goals this year, which kind of proves the, the head case thing to me a little bit. I don't mean head case as, as in like there's something wrong with him. I just mean like he's, he's one of those guys that, it, you know, it, he allows certain things to get to him and thinks about them to overthinks them maybe. And then he ends up, thinking then about it too much and then failing and but if he's not thinking and he's just in that zone he, he rides it and he stops thinking you know and i think he's in that in that pat zone where he's just overthinking it because he's fine with field goals it's hard to argue his field goal production it's his pats that have been like suspect and it, it feels like every to- time we play an opponent their kicker can make from 57 we don't even have a guy that can well, that will attempt a 48-yarder and certainly can't uh, consistently hit extra points and cost us the Lions game, which right. ironically Cody Parkey's struggles had begun mainly in a Detroit game too. So, man, come on, man. We got to get this, this shit right. I would tell him to go home now. You got three other games for somebody else. Hell, we had Michael Badgley do so well, and now he's the Lions kicker, and he's balling out up there. Nomad, man, leave leave the damn kicker alone, man. Let him work out his personal <laughs> problems. Maybe his wife caught his wife cheating. Anything could have fucking happened. But you know, mm-hmm. on all seriousness, man, when you start fucking around with the kicking game, that is a slippery slope, man. And it, it unless you have qualified a qualified backup or somebody to come in and challenge him, all you can do now is just go through it with. Him. Give him encouragement and just leave that shit the fuck alone, man. Best thing you can do. You hear me, goddammit? You're the only fucking <laughs> analyst I know, Nomad, that can dance and rap and analyze all at the same time. <laughs> I can also whip people's ass. Don't try me. <laughs> Holy shit, man. You ever, you, ever, Nomad, awesome. you ever get into a fight with a Puerto Rican? <laughs> I might have, man. I might have. Been in a dark room with you. <laughs> you. You weren't fucking asking questions. You, you were just kicking ass. Right? I was just swinging. Everybody, everybody want to be prejudiced against the white man in this world, so I had to start fighting. <laughs> I, I, no man, I totally expected to see a black man, but here, here you are as a white snowman. I, I, I what, what the fuck is going on here, brother? What the fuck is the problem? Why can't I be a white ass snowman? If all of all of you can be a damn Puerto Rican. I could be a white ass snowman. <laughs> I, I, I 
guess that, I guess that's true. You know, I've I, I've had to battle that thing my entire life. You know, I I would run home every day from a different gang. The gangs that were white thinking I'm Puerto Rican, which I am, and the gangs that were Puerto Rican thinking that I was white, which I'm not. <laughs> Tuchas, he got a big ass carrot nose. Although, man, oh, sit man. your ass down, man. <laughs> You white in it, Elon Musk. <laughs> me, and, me and Spike Lee thought Dan was blacker than you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's so true, man. I've been cursed to look white and being in a Puerto Rican family. It's like... My mom, my poor mom, you know, for years people were looking at her like this. What the fuck, you know, and the kid looks like the postman. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, uh, as a white man, I feel like now, like, almost like, you know, shit. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I don't want to yeah. be like, uh, I, like, we're looked at differently now. And I feel like I don't want to be looked at like that. Like, I, I was in the in the Keys and I was shopping and it was like, it's basically all Cubans down there. And I, I mean, look how white I am. And I was like shopping at a Cuban market. I, I was just, I felt like I don't belong here at all. Like, I need to Those Cuban like girls a, are fucking way hot too as well, man. <laughs> like Camila Cabello. I was oh saying those God. Cuban girls are fucking fine as hell. Like Cuban or uh, Camila Cabello. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you remember I told you I'd let the old lady from the Ford family at the Lions shit on my chest. If it helped <laughs> the Bears win the Super Bowl, I would definitely let Camila Cabello shit on my chest. <laughs> In your mouth, right? I mean, fuck the chest. You'd let her shit in your mouth, right? Fucking Probably. Dan Aguirre would do anything for the Chicago Bears. Anything at all. So you I'm would definitely you. suck a dick for a Super Bowl. I said in 2018 on this show. Well, not this show. We hadn't had developed this show yet. But on these right. airwaves, that I would have blown Aaron Rodgers in 2018 and swallowed and worked the balls yes. and everything. If it, meant, if it meant the Bears would have won the Super Bowl that year. I would have taken it for the team. And just to keep in case you're curious, not that it matters. I've never actually fucking sucked a guy's dick. So just uh, in I'm case not saying you're that you have or asking if you have. I'm just saying so that was then. This is now. You would so you would currently suck a dick for a Super Bowl? <laughs> Probably, yes. And what I I after that show when Dan announced that, I told my mom about it, my late mom who passed away a few months ago, and this is what she said uh about Dan Aguilar. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I used to love those segments. It would be like, what does Aldo's mom think about Matt Nagy or whatever? Yeah, and she would say, He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> love you, I got, mom. I got to get this carrot off my fucking face. I think Dan's getting turned on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am aroused. <laughs> That's only because I was talking about Cuban pussy, though, honestly. <laughs> You don't shut the fuck up. That care is going to get you pregnant, motherfucker. <laughs> I think you got me mixed up with Tooch. Him too. Janky, janky fucking bookie. We don't even know. Like, Tooch was gone for like a month. He could have gone to jail. He was certainly sodomized wherever he was at. We know that to be true. I think he got pimped out by some lady boys out there. <laughs> Casey asked, uh, does Aldo let... His wife, his wife, does my wife watch these shows? No, 
<laughs> don't tell her I'm on this. <laughs> Whatever you fucking do. Yeah, Mrs. Gandia will tell you that I'm a bad influence. <laughs> uh, Kitty, Kitty has been been involved producing some of these shows, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, my wife's producing this right now. But most of the time I can hear her laughing like hell in the other, from the other side of the house. <laughs> no, you know what's works. interesting? Because Mr. Shorty was here in town for the Bears-Dolphins game, and I got to meet him and his beautiful wife, and I'd heard so much about her. I'd never seen her and heard that you know she was a, a production accountant for major motion pictures. I mean, some of Hollywood's biggest pictures, that she was totally in love with Mr. The Shorty. Biggest. He said mm-hmm. that whatever he does wrong – she would still forgive him and stuff. No, I'm making that part up. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're she, really correct, though. <laughs> but she would, she would, you know, uh, listen to some of the humor that Dan Aguirre and I have. And I'm thinking to myself, when I meet this woman, is she going to look at me like, this motherfucker is strange. <laughs> and the <laughs> guy next to him is even stranger. That's yeah. Like, no, not at all. She she had such a great time. She loved meeting everyone. She loved both of you guys. We had such a great time. And she's so fucking creative. I hope she's listening right now in the other room because I'm doting on her right now. She is so fucking creative. She has come up with some stuff for the future. Uh, that that is that it's 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 a thumbnail and it's really fucking funny. So um, I, just I love her and I'm glad to have her in my life and I'm glad to have her producing the show. And um, she's just a she, she's very creative. I'll say that. Man, so, I can't. You know what's sad? Beat your ass, man. I really can't because <laughs> you never follow the script. She's gonna beat your ass. Oh you know yeah, really oh, we, you know, we have we have some funny shit lined up for that. Yeah, because she gets on my ass because I don't check private chat. Ever. Uh-huh. I'm watching the show. I'm doing, you know, I'm talking to no man. I'm talking to Dan. You know, I'm not watching private chat. She just, she comes in the other room with a, a, a note and, she, and holds it above me. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. That commercial. Yes, yes. Thank you. You know, <laughs> I've so done awesome. that too. All of a sudden, I look at private chat and there's 18 messages there from, yeah. from John Buffon saying, would you so, fucking run the commercial? I gotta take a we have some stuff. funny shit lined up for when I fuck that up. So it's going to be fun. In the future. You know what's really sad, though, because we're trying to have a festive Christmas show mm-hmm. that we've had to do 30 minutes of anything but Bears talk for the most part <laughs> to make it positive. Yeah, you're right, True. but that, that's got to change now because I want to go through some bear stuff. Uh, first of all, let me just officially welcome these guys. Uh, these are uh, two of my favorite guys, uh, Nomad the Snowman. <laughs> no, just play fucking Nomad and Mr. Shorty. They're uh, now doing Bears Country podcast on Monday. And uh, I hope and I pray and I wish that their involvement with the Barroom Network is going to uh, grow and grow and grow. I really enjoy their analysis. I really enjoy uh, their humor. And uh, and they've got a home on this show uh, anytime they want. Uh, Mr. Shorty and I were talking about it beforehand. Nomad, I want to talk to you about it. As well, I, I would love for you guys to be a part of the, the Dan and Aldo. Uh, by the way, I got to run this through Dan Choir first. <laughs> no, I don't like these fucks, of course. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you'd say that, Dan Choir. <laughs> no, man. man uh, they, I'm just they've, they've got my respect. I mean, as yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's evident. So I'm yeah. good with them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad about that. And in uh, and, and the future show, we've got so much to cover in such a short amount of time. But in the future show, we need to share with the audience. Dan Aguirre needs to share his Henry Kissinger attempt to reconcile Bears Country Podcast. Oh, and the the <laughs> secret we'll, plan to end the war. <laughs> yes, we'll get into that at a later date. A little behind the scenes uh, stuff that uh, in uh, in hindsight is is fucking. Did you record that shit? I should have. Oh, because I was like, I didn't look up to see if it was being recorded. (laughs) I'm like, stupid me. I want to do something like, I want to pick a movie that would best uh, uh, emblemize, if that's a word. Amplify? Amplify? Whatever. uh, That would happen between the three of us. But uh, that would actually be like news footage of Kissinger and uh, Richard Nixon and and Cho and Lai. Is it the exemplify? Thank you. I'm going to go with Carter. Carter, okay. So yeah, I'm going to go with me. the Camp David Accords. I'm Jimmy Carter, and I I had Egypt and Israel come to the come to the crib, and we we salvaged shit. 1978 <laughs> Camp David Accords. Look it up. Awesome. Look at <laughs> Everyone this guy. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football fans are like, Camp David. What was that the new Bears training facility? What the fuck? I figured what out. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, let's start talking about Chicago Bears. We're exactly at the 29-minute mark since we went live. I know Nomad has like been saying, one of these motherfuckers going to be talking about the Bears. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm hot as hell. So- There's snowsuit on. <laughs> <laughs> just, and just for the record, everybody in the chat and everybody live, I want you to know, although oh I am God. white on the screen, uh-huh. I'm blacker than Wesley Snipes up under this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. When you give your thumbs up in text, it's not the brown one. It's the middle colored one. I'm actually yeah, sitting with you talking to me or, or Nomad? No, Nomad. When, when, oh, if okay. you notice when Nomad gives you a thumbs up in text, yeah, it's not the dark brown thing. thumb. It's like the middle thumb between mine and uh-huh. the dark brown one. It's like the yellowish one, you know, like the... No, See, he's still gotta, fucking with you. That's the problem. He's, he's always you gotta, fucking. You got to bring up your social media game, Nomad. You really do. <laughs> Nomad's got the a fucking his his Twitter account is Nomad, and then there's a series of numbers like his his fucking social security number or something. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm I'm never remember it. I'm, I'm making a political <laughs> statement by not being on that. I'm not even active on that motherfucker Look no more. You. Until, Look at you. Look at you. Elon Musk sells that motherfucker, I might come back. Did you see that poll? He ran a poll saying, should I step down as CEO of Twitter? And like 60% of the people said, fucking hey, get the fuck out of here, you fucker. You know, what's <laughs> ironic is Aldo and I privately were was talking the other day, should we leave Twitter because of the bullshit with Musk? And we're like, I don't know. The Bears beat writers are all on Twitter and that's our primary platform. But yeah, we were politically talking about that just like, what, two, three days ago? Two, two days ago, yeah. but Yeah, because, I, I mean, to... he's all about free speech, and yet he keeps throwing Democrats off. Anyone that criticizes him, anyone that covers his jet, I mean, yeah. he's really a fraud. But the thing <laughs> is, I, you know, maybe the Barroom Network someday will be off Twitter, but my personal account, because I follow all these porn stars, there's just no way I can get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Including <laughs> John Santucci. Videos? these free videos i know man have you been watching any of these free videos from porn stars it's like why the hell you don't have to go anywhere else twitter is a fucking porn site 
Man, I keep three holes on me at all times. What I need <laughs> corn for? <laughs> the fucking corn. Three holes in a minute. I can see why. All right, let's talk a little football here. Here's what I want to do, guys. I selected five clips from the local media. You you know how uh, we do, Dan and I do, the media mashup. And, and then afterwards, we, we discuss what the local radio guys were talking about. Well, I've sliced them all up. And so after each clip, We'll come around the table and we can react to what these guys were saying. These guys being the uh, sports reporters for the local radio stations, WSCR 670 AM and ESPN 1000. We thank them for allowing us to use their clips. Not that they actually, I, that I asked, I'm just stealing them <laughs> and, and putting them on here. So well, sure. we've given them attribution. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Be. I'm giving them yes. love. I'm giving them love. <laughs> so please don't come after me. Anyway, this first one is from uh, 670 AM. It's the transition between um, the Mully and Haw show and the Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes show. And if you have followed our media mashup over the last uh, few weeks, you know that Dan Bernstein is like, fuck this season, guys. Don't overreact. Everything is going to be fine. We're playing for draft assets. So oh. they, they debate this on the show. And so I'm going to play that, and then we'll come back to us, and we'll discuss it. Outcomes. I think. Oh, I think gosh. it was pretty much ide- it was I, ideal. I know. You re- you're rational. Yeah, no, I'm not. Okay. No, I'm no, not no, 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 no. You're hoping for more I'm injuries. Not. That, that is yeah. an ideal. And the injuries, as long as Tevin Jenkins is okay, these guys, and, and as long as the injuries are minor, yeah, yeah. I thought it was ideal. There's you, nothing ideal, Dan, about going 56 days without a victory. It's, yeah, it is because the, 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 it improves their draft position. Everything's fine. Their quarterback is they've terrific. Got, they've got they, you one. Got, you got data got points. Pick, Dan, in the top fifty, top fifty-five. You got one. It still helps. So, it's fine. Okay, and, but you're saying, do you want to trade down then? Possibly. Okay. I want. I just want the value of that asset to be as high as possible. But you're getting data points on all these guys. If you you know you know Valus Jones, you know you don't want. You know you don't want Alex Leather. But this is the whole point of this. Find out who you want. Find out who you don't want. They're they're finding out some some of their young players are, are really good and are on the upswing. So their uh, players aren't. Mm-hmm. This is they got closer to winning a Super Bowl for sure. They they without without a doubt they, in my mind they got closer the to winning Bowl. a Super Bowl. Yes, yesterday they got closer to winning a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't see that, but I I, I got to pause it there because. While I agree with Bernstein's argument there, the fact that he supported it by saying that we got closer to a Super Bowl yesterday is probably the stupidest thing I have ever heard a human being say. You don't get closer to a Super Bowl by losing a football game, by getting injuries to key players. You, I, There's nothing in the world that would support that. And Anyone want to challenge me on that one? No, I absolutely concur. I hate listening to Dan Bernstein, and I hate when Molly's like, my and ha! You know, he enunciates. So I don't want to hear that either. No, I don't want to hear this clip anymore. It's bullshit. I'm, I'm tired of, like, being happy with losses. You can't be happy with losses. As the cliche goes, you have to learn to win. And I didn't even realize it had been 56 days since our last win. I know it feels uh, excruciating every time I'm watching us lose. So it feels longer than that, actually. Now that I contemplate it, but yeah, I'm tired of this fucking losing for the draft pick. How many first round draft picks do we have to cite that were busts to say that's not a foolproof system? So in the uh, in the meantime, go out and win a game, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't well, blame Justin. Well, the, how about how about this for a thought? How about maybe his premise was the level of competition that the the Bears put forward 
and how they competed with the number one team supposedly in the league. Maybe that's the the premise of his argument. There you go, Mr. Glass. I'm going to say that first off, how, how like Dan Bernstein talks all the time. It's just like so, it just comes off like so fucking pompous. You know, it, and, and I, 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 I disagree with that notion. Like I, you're going to come out here and I mean, I, I, I guess what I should say is maybe he's just trying to play to the notion that there are this group of people in the fan base who believe that losing another game is getting closer to a Super Bowl because of the pick, that, what, whatever they can do with that pick, whether it's going to be a draft pick who could be a generational player, could be the fucking draft. If you look at the draft, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it Only certain players are can't miss. And the first round really is go look at the history of the draft and, and the first, you know, five, six picks for the last you know, decade. And you'll find there's there's a lot of misses. So you're not guaranteed that any one of these players is going to be great. But you, you're also like, there's there's the possibility that they could trade one of these, you know, trade that pick for multiple picks. And so I think Dan Bernstein is just trying to the feed into that narrative that that's the that's the section of the population he's trying to hit with saying, yeah, I'm 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 on board with the team tanking and we should lose as many games as possible to help with the potential of that pick or trading it. Go ahead, Aldo. So my no, I was, I was going to ask you, you want to reply to that? Or, or but do the, best, the best thing that's happening right now is if, if we had Justin Fields on with us right now and he had truth serum and he couldn't fucking bullshit us, not that he would, but he would tell you he wants to win. That's my guy. He could have easily just gone out yesterday. It's cold. The Bears probably aren't going to win. What was the score? Like 25-13 at the time. It's real late in the game. You know, just let that scrub finish the game. And here he comes back and throws a fucking touchdown. I mean, this guy wants to win. Keeps and unlike every game. Yeah, unlike uh, Dan Bernstein or maybe certain uh, fans or maybe even the front office, this guy is not tanking. This guy wants to win. And I hope that by the time the next three games are over with, People can universally praise him and, and not just say, oh, he had a thousand yards, but just say, this is the future. This guy is a franchise quarterback and let's, let's go. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. And I've got some clips of Justin Fields that I want to share with you guys a little later in the show. He doesn't sound as depressed as he used to do to be after a loss. And I think it's because he realizes what is going on. He realizes that this team still doesn't have is still missing certain weapons in order to win the North. And those weapons are coming. Hopefully Ryan Poles does his job successfully. Those weapons are coming and he has faith in that. But that's why this team is losing all of these close games is because the other team has more playmakers than we do. Right, Nomad? Listen, the, man, Justin knows what's cooking. I mean, he's, he's, we're not the only people in the world that can see that the, the talent is deficient. And they still play hard and compete and almost pull out games against really tough teams. So in the back of his mind, he knows that once they start bringing in, pulling in the talent, we're going to be something different, and 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 teams ain't going to be able to fuck with us. That's the smirk in his face. That's the 
look in his eyes that he knows it's a it's a bright future for him. And so I mean he's just confident in it. You can see it. All right. Guys, um, let's listen to a little bit of this. I know that uh, I have Adam... I have one question. I have one question for chat before you continue. Absolutely. Uh Jordan, would you still trade Justin Fields for Zach Wilson? Go ahead. Moving on. <laughs> he better Boston. not. <laughs> he Jeez. better not, Jordan. So I got it in my first Twitter. I got into my first Twitter war ever, and my only with Jordan about that. <laughs> I love so it. I'm just right, wondering if he up. would. I want to know his answer. Zach and I'm Wilson. I'm sure he's going to reply very quickly. Yeah, Zach Wilson. That's crazy. No, please. Nobody would trade it. Even the Jaguars are going like this. Holy shit, we picked the right guy. Now, Trevor Lawrence is a fucking talent. He's going to be Peyton Manning. No, there's no doubt about it. But Justin, Field, Justin Fields is going to be Justin Fields. Wait a minute. Fucking icon. By the way, no disrespect to you, Jordan. Just like tugging my own dick. Sorry. Wait a minute. He really, he really actually said that? Yeah, that was that was that was my my first and only Twitter war. Was that that motherfucker's fingers got cerebral palsy that day? God. <laughs> uh, all right, stand by, Aguirre. I got to continue with this, and then if if it really irritates you, we'll go on to the next clip. But back to the six seventy transition. I think that it's okay to rationalize a the 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 positives in a losing season, but they. What yesterday proved as much as anything, number one, yeah, you feel good about Justin Fields. But number two... Yeah, but that's not a small thing. That's a but huge it, thing. Yeah, but it's a huge thing, but it's not the only thing. And that's all, That's the ongoing debate. You've got so much more to do. And you look at the Eagles and you realize just how far you have to go. Oh, I know. But we knew that. We knew that. This isn't a surprise. I, I don't think it has to be zero sum. No, I I think you, you can be... You can be upset that the Bears lost and that they're on this losing streak. And they clearly have more work to do in other areas than maybe you thought they did before the season started. Like it was one of the things that we were texting about as a show yesterday where I, I don't think that anyone other than maybe Tevin Jenkins on the offensive line should feel comfortable walking in next year that they have a job. I think there should be competition for literally everyone on the offensive and defensive lines. But I still think that I, I'm, I'm with Dan on the idea of yesterday you saw so much good in some of the players that you are going to have here. Jalen Johnson, as much as A.J. Brown had great numbers, he's an unbelievable receiver. Those two guys battled. Oh, I and thought Jalen Johnson was terrific. It, Which, it was fun watching and, those two guys and they, battle. And the guy he went all over the field with had nine catches for 181 yards. That was yeah, the biggest he, performance. He didn't do anything wrong. I, I, listen, well, I, thought, I thought we said the same thing, that the secondary was good. But you look at what happened. I mean, and, and I don't know how you could possibly defend a couple of those passes. Yeah, that's what I'm he saying. He dropped the ball Perfect. perfectly in there. But, I mean – we, I, it is just a, an oddity to say, boy, that guy had a My good sense game. is that he Nine won't look at it that way, only because hope. 181 receiving yards, that's the highest production by a Bears opposing receiver in nine years. And, and I think that he had good moments and he had regrettable moments. I think Absolutely. he had enough of both yeah. that well, he'll look at it like, I feel good about certain plays. There's others I want back and could do better. It's a good base to improve upon, but – isn't I, that exactly what that's exactly what you want from a player like that? I am ready to I mean, pay it, him. It, yeah, I, I, I'm ready to pay him and lock had, him in. You had two wide receivers go for over 125 yards yesterday. 
But I still thought that even inside of that, you had moments like you're just looking for the moments to grow on. And the moments to grow on were there. You saw a good moment and a bad moment from Jaquan Brisker. Like the the blitz where the zero blitz where you you see Jalen Hurts take off and score. Yeah, he probably will look at that differently the next time and be like, oh, since that gap is occupied, maybe even though I did the right thing in the defense, maybe that blitz should have come to the other gap. And and then you wouldn't have had an easy breakout. You had Gordon make a really good play on a ball. You had Jalen Johnson go out there and stay with one of the best receivers in the league and, and overcome – in, in some cases, some incredible throws from Jalen Hurts. You add that to Justin Fields, and you've got four guys that you know are going to be here that I think all played well enough for you to feel good about where they're at. The rest of it, yes, it needs a ton of work. All right, good stuff from our friends over at 670, the score during their transition. Dan Aguirre, uh, you didn't tell me to turn it off, so was somebody supporting your argument there? No, I I got slant envy thinking about, uh, especially A.J. Brown, who's a fucking, you know, he's great. He was great in Tennessee. Uh, You know, I don't know why we can't do that. I know Claypool was injured yesterday. But if he allegedly doesn't know the offense, how hard is it to tell the big man to run it inside and do you know a four-yard slant? We never do that. Those easy completions that are always seemingly open on our corners, regardless if they're having a good game or not. And I thought initially, I was like, yeah, Jalen Johnson and and uh, the other Jalen, uh, jo- was it Jones? Uh, yes. He played well yes. being an undrafted guy. And then – you know, Kyler Gordon, it did feel like the secondary, basically because those turnovers in DHC, you know, he has the wrong gap on that safety blitz. But again, that would normally be Eddie Jackson. Uh, and DHC's always been a great special teamer for us. So, but he's, that, what is this, like his fourth start probably in, in all these years. So I, I don't even fault him for that so much. Yeah, the defense was better. And part of it, in my opinion, was because they finally took the training wheels off these motherfuckers and started blitzing. All season long, we've been saying that, like, do some press coverage and do some blitzing and don't just sit back in this fucking cover, too, and let people pick you apart. Now, eventually... But, uh, remember remember one thing, uh, uh, Dan Aguirre, is that the Bears lost that game because of a blitz. They uh, blitzed Jalen Hurts on a, a zero backfield. There was nobody back there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. DHC took the wrong gap there. But, I mean, he's not. Actually, he's normally was, not. A, it was Brisker. It was Brisker. Oh, I thought it was uh, uh, Carson, uh, Houston Carson. But either way, uh, yeah, that that's going to happen. But it's just like you can't be afraid to do it. I praise the game plan immensely. And I think that's part of the reason we forced turnovers because we were bringing pressure during the game. So many games this year I think we could have won had they had the, the, uh, the temerity or the bravery uh, to actually play aggressive. And I'll take that all day. Even if you lose, but at least you're fighting. Like so many games they've been just afraid to do anything. And I, I love the game plan yesterday. Nomad, I'd love your take on uh, the defense's game plan. Uh, do you – are, are you with Dan Aguirre on that one? The reason why they blitzed this quarterback is, is because he's a young one. That's the thing about blitzing. You always, you're always going to leave something open when you, when you bring pressure. And up to this point, you know, 
I don't think they were adequate in, in their ability to cover behind the blitz up until this point in the season. And and plus you add on, I mean, a veteran quarterback will fucking absolutely pick you apart if you blitz them. And so they did not do that against uh, Aaron Rodgers and those type of quarterbacks. You got a second, third year quarterback and uh, Jalen Hurst. They felt like they had an opportunity and the, and those uh, players like uh, Jalen Jones and those guys have gotten better throughout the season and they felt like they could cover behind it. So I think that's where the aggressiveness came from. All right. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Shorty, you got a thought before we go to the next one? I like your your process on that, Nomad, how you, how you explain that, because we talked about Jalen Jones a lot in the in the uh, during training camp, and he was something that you had your eye on, and here we're seeing him perform on the field and given the chance in multiple games, not just this last one. I like the aggressiveness that the defense took, uh, their game plan for this game. Um, it, it, it certainly it certainly felt like the Bears defense of old. I mean, when you get Travis Gibson uh, uh, laying on top of Jalen Hurts and he might miss next week's game as a result of that, that's the type of defense that is a brand of Chicago Bears football. I mean, you want opposing offenses afraid. You want them to think about Plank and Fensick. You're going to go over the middle? Oh, these guys are going to fucking tear your head off. Or are you going to drop back for a seven-step drop? Oh, Richard Denton is going to fuck you up. And on right. and on and on. And so that's what we want. We don't have the personnel for that yet. But I I, I, I hear what... Can I interject? Can I, wait, can I, wait, I want to ask, how much do you think that the Sun had anything to do with the game, whether it was the turnovers or incomplete passes. I know there was some deep, I think it was the one to um, number six, the not, not AJ, not AJ Brown, but the other guy, I can't, I can't think of his name right now, but right in the bread basket on that, that was in the sun. The sun was, was in his eyes, but the ball was like so perfectly placed. He wasn't really looking into the sun at that point because the sun was kind of more down. Like I'm wondering if that, if that, that uh, I think it was a fourth down, uh, incompletion to Byron Pringle where he uh, feels through it right to the right sideline. He it was right there. He dropped it. He was throwing it from the dark side of the field into the light side of the field. So when Pringle left from his break, all of a sudden the sun got in his eyes. So I was just wondering if maybe that had a reason why he, or that was a reason why he dropped that ball. And if that could have been something that came into play during the, you know, the course of the game, maybe it was the bears interceptions or whatnot. Typically, I look at that very, very closely because that the you know I've seen so many games at Soldier Field. The sun has had a, an effect during that. It gets, game. It gets longer. Those shadows were really yeah. long at like you know noon this time of the year exactly. But this this game, this past game, I didn't uh, that that thought didn't occur to me like it did to you. Any of you guys, uh, Aguirre and Nomad, uh, get a sense of that? Uh, not with the sun. I've got a separate point though. But I mean, okay. I don't want to interrupt. Please go you. ahead. I'm going to use a boxing analogy. Uh, you know, how many times did, did you hear, like, well, Vladimir Klitschko is boring. He doesn't – he's not aggressive enough. He doesn't throw – Floyd Mayweather's boring. He doesn't throw enough punches. He just boxes. He's not there fighting. You know, the analogy that you're not – conversely, you got someone like Chuck Wepner, who's a huge underdog, but comes out and is throwing everything at, at Ali and almost wins. Or, or uh, Buster Douglas with Tyson, for example. That's what I'm saying, like – that approach of saying, okay, yeah, I'm the underdog, but we've got to come out fucking fighting. They didn't touch Aaron Rodgers all day. That's why we lost. 
Like, you can't just let him sit back there and fucking pick us apart all day. Sometimes you have to be aggressive and put his dick in the dirt. It's got to be done. It's You, you can risk giving up a 30-yard pass that you're going to give up anyway, even if you're not blitzing because our corners aren't that good. Because they play in that fucking broken-ass scheme, the cover two that is from 2001, for fuck's sake. But what I'm saying is, to me, you got to be aggressive even against Aaron Rodgers. That's Using the boxing analogy, that's how upsets happen. No you know, Mike no, no, Remember, no, Mike no, Tyson no. said everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Yeah. Nomad, back me up on this. I know you will. The last guy in the world, the last guy in the NFL that you want to blitz are two guys, really, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They fucking have seen every blitz. They know how to beat every blitz. They won. And how did we? Blitz. How did we beat Brady in 2020? We kept hitting him. Uh, remember, he got hit so many times he forgot it was fourth down. That's because Khalil Mack had a fucking good game that night, and and he was getting hit. And there he were no blitzes. Want... There, there were hardly any blitzes. They were beating them with a full. Well, if you can't run. get there with your front four, you have to have the bravery and, like I said, the temerity to to bring that blitz. You got. Right. You can't be afraid. You can't play to lose. You have to play to win. No matter what you think. Okay, there's another way to think about this. Now, we all know that the Chicago Bears fan base is fickle as fuck. They will just imagine, like, if, if we were as aggressive as Dan wants, and I'm, and I'm not trying to piss on you, Dan. I'm just trying to no, point no, something No, no, no person. I'm not taking anything personal. No, no. I'm just trying to point something out so that you understand and everybody understands why you have to keep these games competitive. If, let's just say, these games that they lost – were just absolute blowouts. Absolute. We'd be talking. The narrative narrative would be completely different. We'd be talking about trying to. We made the wrong choice for uh, coach and uh, general managers. We need to get these dudes out of here. They getting their ass kicked all over the field. So you would understand why a team that is uh, talent deficient is choosing to play it, choosing to play it safe because they want to remain competitive in these games, and it's not looking like a shit show. What the fuck am I? Uh, white Vinny Barbarino or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I said, man, you're the only motherfucker I know. Uh -oh. <laughs> I can't dance. <laughs> I'm suing. I'm suing all those ass. I'm getting the house, the car. I'm getting everything. Uh, fuck that, man. We're going with Walter. <laughs> my neck, my neck, my neck, and my back. Hey, hey, Eldo, you just proved that white men can't dance. <laughs> Jesus. That was hilarious. He fucking danced himself off the stage. Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Yep. All right. We got Walter now representing Nomad. That's, that's a much better Oh, my better God. Take. It's hilarious. <laughs> Fuck that Snowman. He was hey, man, get me off the damn ground, man. Uh, <laughs> you going to just leave me laying here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, oh my God. Come on. I love you. I love you, man. <laughs> uh, my man, Nomad. All right, let's go to the next clip. Uh, in this one, when I when I heard uh, that last clip and, and they were talking about Jalen Johnson's performance, oh, but the guy caught this and he had this many yards, I said to myself, did you motherfuckers see how many times they were throwing the ball to A.J. Brown? 16 fucking times. An elite wide receiver, and uh, and 
and and no fucking you know pass rush from the Chicago Bears that will get to the quarterback, you're gonna get those fucking kind of stats. Fucking Jalen Johnson had a tremendous game. This these are the guys over at WSCR with uh, Briggs talking about that subject. Eberflew said post game, Jalen Johnson played pretty well. What did you think? Yeah, I thought he I thought he competed his ass off for starters, right? I, I think that's I, everybody saw that. And AJ Brown piled up huge stats, and the stats would obviously tell you differently. But um, he got the huge numbers with a career high tying uh, 16 targets. They kept throwing it to him uh, over and over again. And Jalen was physical. Uh, he he won um, more than his share or, or his share of routes as, as well. He had three pass breakups. One of them on that fourth and six that was in Bears territory, uh, did a really nice job of not letting um, Brown get any depth uh, at all. You know, you want to see, I think, kind of competitive, competitiveness and, and fight uh, and grit from these guys, and that's what you get from Jalen Johnson week in and week out. And I, I will give him big-time props for one thing, and that's the fact that not once this season – if if it's happened, I haven't been there. I haven't heard it. Has he said, "Hey, it's tough making a living playing cornerback for a team that's allergic to rushing the pass <laughs> because because pa- pass coverage is the combination of your rush and what your guys on the back end do, and it's being left up entirely to the guys on the back end because the Bears." don't get after the quarterback. And I think that would have been something that uh, Jalen could have turned to uh, yesterday post game or at earlier points this season to sort of remind people, ask it, well, how do you think you played? Well, it's, it's hard as hell to cover uh, all day long when, when we can't uh, get after the quarterback, but I haven't heard that uh, from him. And, and um, you know, that's the kind of thing you do hear cornerbacks say from time to time but he, I think he's been a team guy uh in that regard uh is this a pro bowl talent uh might not be but is he the best they have and uh does he kind of fit what they want to do because he can play the zone coverage uh as well you know I thought it was a, a real credible effort I couldn't agree more with Brad Biggs on that assessment. And I also want to point out that somebody has just joined us. He's much more interested in how his bets are doing than, than this conversation. But the Tooch is back from his trip to Thailand and the Philippines. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, my gosh, man. We're Excellent. Welcome back, Tooch. Glad you had a safe flight. Tooch, wow. you didn't get pregnant Thank by you. a lady boy, huh? <laughs> I tried, though, no matter. I tried. See, Toots, you remember Midnight Express, the movie? Yeah. You're the guy that gets locked up in Turkey and goes through all that hell. Yeah. That's what Aldo yeah. and I thought was going happening to you. We're like, man, someone is sodomizing him to tears right now. We're worried about you, man. I got some stories, though, I'll tell you, man. I, You know, it's, it's a long trip. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, you know, I've got to drive to O'Hare. That's six hours right there. And I was up at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. We had a midnight flight Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So it's a 16 hour flight O'Hare to Taipei and then nine hour layover from there. And then a four hour, three, three hour flight to Manila. And then the traffic in Manila is so bad from the, from the airport in Manila to. Did you uh, go to the location where they had Ali Frazier three? No, but that would have been cool though. Yeah. That's what I would have done. So I, you know, I was up for like 48 hours straight. So, you know, it like wore me down, no sleep. And uh, I got a little sick because I ended up drinking the local water. It's like, you know, it's so hard to avoid it. So yeah, I was sick did. for the first week of the trip. Uh, and yeah, and, uh, I laid in bed for like one day. I just was so sick I couldn't get out of bed. And uh, after that, my back locked up on me. So I was like walking around like an old man. So my wife's family took me to a healer. <laughs> it was, a, was a, a shack on the beach in like a shack town. Oh. Shack. <laughs> He's starting to sound like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask you, him to play uh, with your asshole? <laughs> <laughs> so I, well, it, it was very close. Very close, Danny. Uh, I, you know, I'm like in my underwear with like half my wife's family and my family there. And, and this lady tortured me like a POW. Like I was a POW. And I was like, I was like, Sergeant Barnes was there telling me to take the pain, you know, you know, hot oil and liniment. And this lady like worked my lower back until I, you know, I stood up. I was fine, man. It was great. So I was good for the rest of the, uh, of the trip. And then if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me eat bloat, which is like, when you was getting <laughs> that massage, did you feel that roll of quarters on your leg? Man, I, I, not really, to be honest. <laughs> I was in so much fucking pain. But. <laughs> now, I, I don't know what Beloit is, but clearly it is something that is not good for your digestive system. So why the fuck, after being sick, why would the fuck would you even try well, to eat that shit? By this time, that was like the last night I was there in, in So Manila. I'm going to go on a plane, and I'm going to be shitting down my pants. <laughs> Uh, Aldo, thank you for having me on tonight. So, I because I had been dying to ask you this too. It's like, what was the center of that like? Was it like crunchy or soft, like a piece of chicken in the middle of it? What was it like? It was soft with some crunchy parts, which is probably the beak and the, the bones. Sort of like a ladyboy's thing, but, right? <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, you know, last time I was in the Philippines, I took the durian challenge. That was, uh, you know, this this was a little scarier eating that little duck embryo. What's <laughs> the know, what's the durian challenge? A durian's like a fruit that smells like hell. It's it's uh, it's like a uh, smells like rotten onions and gym socks. Nope. rotten garlic and onions. But so, the one they got really the one that, that my relatives and my in laws got there was uh, well, it didn't smell that bad, but it tastes like onions and marshmallow. So I don't know if that's a good combination for me. Nope. <laughs> Served yeah. to him by a dressed up guy <laughs> named Raul. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I <laughs> went hey, to some re remote islands, had a great time, you know. Did you did you meet this yeah. girl over at I'll, the uh, Philippines? One of one of my friends from from the islands. <laughs> Jesus. Let me uh, uh let me start this before I boot it up. Boot it up. Yeah, my, my another thing, my uh my wife 
uh, said, oh, we're going to renew our vows, you know, and we're out there. Oh, cool. All right. Little ceremony. But, uh, you know, my wife had like a full surprise me with a full blown, like full on wedding with all of her relatives, which was great. I'm wow. Super awesome. happy. Congratulations, for us. man. A beautiful resort uh, uh, right on the ocean. So it was great. Awesome. Uh, That's great, man. You yeah. got pictures? I, we have like a photographer and videographer. So, yeah, so, somewhere. Great. You got the pictures. All, all you got to do is pull yeah. up a picture from the crying game. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Yeah, but great in this trip. version of the crying game, uh, she gets laid. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I was check, checking the uh, uh, Toledo Liberty. <laughs> Bowl game, the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, and I had to leave. All right, out. we don't give a shit about that. So let's did, <laughs> Hold on, now, Tooch, did you miss the Bears Packers game then? I had, to, I had, I missed everything except the uh, the Eagles game. So I well, good for you that you missed. You missed another yeah. Bears. Uh, the Bears had a lead on the Packers in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It looked like we could win and blew it. So I'm glad you didn't have to watch it. Yeah. Good for you. What the fuck is this? <laughs> why why is what he happened? quiet now? What happened there? <laughs> I don't know why that's happening. What's, What's happening? happening? We we can't hear anything, buddy. Oh, Eldo's having some kind of uh, dementia or something going on over there. I don't know. <laughs> Just wow. kidding. That was a terrible joke. He's, he's, searching, he's searching those crying game pictures. Yeah, I think I think that we're all good. Just continue talking about your experience. Oh, did we lose Tooch too? Fuck <laughs> yeah, it. It's, it's our show now. Let's go, Nomad. How you doing, man? <laughs> man see, I got I got to run and piss, man. Y'all, y'all. This is turning quick. It's Bears Country Podcast. We got Dan and Nomad. Let's go, Dan. What are your <laughs> thoughts on this game? <laughs> you and Dan, I'll be right back. I'm like, yeah, Tooch is frozen, and Aldo is like talking to like the gods or something like i don't know what's happening <laughs> everyone this has been the surprise of the show welcome to this the christmas special bears country podcast <laughs> dan it's great to talk to you again man and we missed you from last week actually the last two weeks how you doing buddy i'm well have you watched <laughs> any more of the 85 games i have yes which one what have you I, seen i watched the washington game which was the next one Hey, well, I, I didn't know you'd watch New England or Minnesota yet. So, so you've watched four games, then. Well, I, I, I kind of. Oh, you've skipped. Pull out the wrong disc. Yeah, pull out the wrong disc. Yeah. Week four, Washington took it to us in the first quarter. I mean, it looked like the Bears were in trouble, and then Willie returned that kick for a touchdown, and suddenly they were off to the races. Got, and uh, my, even Jim McMahon caught a touchdown from Walter that day. I've got my block of discs right here that you, you made for me, Dan. Good. Good, good. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Do we lose Nomad too? He went to piss. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what's up with Aldo. He suddenly was, it's like he was talking to like dead relatives or something. That happened one time on a show that we were doing though, where we just lost the feed. I lost the feed and it was just Cliff talking by himself. Strange. So Chrome crept, just kept quitting on me. Just that I reboot it, quit, reboot it, quit. So Aldo's what happened out? to Aldo? I, that's what I'm saying. It's like he was mesmerized by something. Like he saw uh, like pussy from 1978 that he hit was suddenly right in front of him again. And he's like, yes, yes. And like <laughs> we went into the light on Poltergeist or something, you know? Danny, should we do Bear State of Affairs? 
Yeah, I want to hear the bear growl. It's always fun. Yeah, let's do that. All right. I always think that's the bear ejaculating. <laughs> bear state of affairs. Week 15. I want to fly like an eagle. Hello, barflies. I am back from vacationing on the other side of the world. I was without bears and NFL for a time as well as sports wagering, believe it or not. So it feels good to be back, except for the freezing temperatures and snow and ice. But let's get down to brass tacks. Last Sunday, the Bears hosted the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the number one team in the NFL. And dare I say, the Bears blueprint model for NFL success. The result? A 25-20 loss. The Bears' seventh loss in a row. After 14 games, the Bears' record now sits at 3-11. and 11. And though I can't remember the last time the Bears had a seven-game losing streak, I know one man who can. Dan Aguirre. <laughs> 2002, <laughs> we lost eight in a row in 2002. <laughs> there you go, you see? Now, the Bears showed a lot of fight versus the Eagles, and that is very encouraging. It bodes well for the future. And really, that's all the Bears are playing for now, the future. And although the game was full of the same turnovers, special team gaffes, missed kicks, and unfortunate injuries that we've come to expect with the 2022 Chicago Bears, the team actually played the Eagles pretty tough. Jalen Johnson played his absolute best game. These should all serve as real confidence builders heading into the offseason. And as usual, there were more electrifying Justin Fields runs. Though the Eagles did a nice job of defending the edge, Fields was able to slip out for some big runs, including another beautiful touchdown run. In all fairness, the Bears' best running back is Justin Fields. He's got the best moves, the most speed, and the best cutting ability. The Eagles' pass rush was a problem. Accumulating six sacks in the game, Hassan Reddick was especially effective terrorizing Fields in the background on multiple occasions. As well, Fields was forced to leave the game in the second half after a big hit was replaced for a short time by backup Nathan Peterman. Bears fans had to be fearing the worst. Admit it, Barflies. You might have even questioned whether Fields should be bubble-wrapped in a hazmat suit and placed in a fallout shelter for the rest of the season. No, maybe it's just me. But more on that later. For now, let's call to mind all the records that Justin Fields has set this season, both NFL records and team records. The latest team record was for most rushing yards by a Bears quarterback, as this past game saw Fields surpass Bobby Douglas's team record of 968 rushing yards by a quarterback. And now Justin has his sights set on Lamar Jackson's single-season NFL record of most rushing yards by a quarterback. Doesn't it feel good to say Bears franchise quarterback? It's truly been a record-setting season for the Bears franchise quarterback. Here's what some of the Eagles team members were saying about Fields. Great player, man, Eagles cornerback Darius Slay said. Tough dude, great competitor. He's a highlight reel. He can make a lot of plays with his feet and his arm. Chicago has a good upside with him coming up. When his time comes, it's not going to be a shock to me when everyone sees how good he is. He's going to be a real solid kid and a real good quarterback. He's a great talent at the quarterback position, Eagles linebacker Hassan Reddick said. He's out there. He's making it happen with his feet. He's trying to get it done any way possible, whether it's using his arm, running. He's just trying to get it done. He's a great competitor, relentless competitor, because he took some big hits and just kept going. I could listen to that all day. But since this is Bears' state of affairs, we do have some affairs to discuss. The Bears did suffer some serious injuries, most notably 
stud rookie linebacker Jack Sanborn, who might miss the rest of the season. Along with Darnell Mooney, it looks like Cody Whitehair might also have suffered a season-ending injury. And like Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins also had an injury scare. And Equinemius St. Brown left the game with a concussion. Which brings us to the question that yours truly raised on last Sunday's Barfly Tailgate Show. Should Justin Fields be held out of the remaining three Bears games? It seems absurd, but last week, Kyler Murray suffered a devastating ACL tear and will miss most of next season. Even Jalen Hurts came away from this game with a shoulder injury and may miss next week's game against the Cowboys. It took the Bears 40 years to draft a quarterback with as much potential as Justin Fields since they drafted their only Super Bowl winning quarterback, Jim McMahon. One unfortunate accident could set the Bears' march back to the playoffs back by a whole year or more. Hell, should Justin Fields go down with an injury, the Bears might even have to draft a quarterback in the next draft. I'm not talking about tanking. I am talking about protecting the future. And I am genuinely torn about this. Weighing the two options, Fields' development for three games or avoiding a devastating injury, which is worth more. Think about it. The Bulls guard Lonzo Ball suffered a meniscus tear that doctors said would take four to six weeks to heal. One year later, and Ball is still not able to suit up for the Bulls. With the Broncos winning this past week, the Bears are now in line to pick second in next year's draft. The team could rebuild quickly with these high draft picks, but just how far would they go without their franchise quarterback? And that is Bears! State of Affairs! Mitchell Trubisky was drafted second, so it's not a guarantee the second pick is going to be uh, what you want him to be. So to me, you got to play Justin the rest of the way. I mean, uh, you can't be afraid of a fucking injury, and selfishly, I'm going to be at the last game, so I want Justin to be playing. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm I genuinely talking about this, like I said. I agree. By the way, you guys were, like, freaking out because I was freaking out. <laughs> before I, I cut out, right? I was hearing audio that you guys couldn't hear, and so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I thought you guys were hearing it too, but you guys are like, what's wrong with Aubrey? It looks like he's really high on drugs. Yeah, it looked like you were mesmerized by pussy from the past or something. Like, uh, you saw all of your lovers, and they were all young, and they were like, fuck me again, Aldo, please. <laughs> By the way, you guys haven't spotted uh Shorty, I'm I'm very disappointed that you got you haven't spotted the Easter eggs that I put up on the uh on the screen here. Have you seen any of them? Easter egg. Yeah. Easter egg. That that's not an Easter egg. It's there's there's what? One, oh. two, three, four. Is it the there's four Easter eggs? Yeah. Let me see. Um Dan Aguirre, you spot any of them? No. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Motherfuckers ain't gonna trick me into believing I, I took a mushroom. Where is Two, you haven't seen them? No. Tooch is nodding his head. Now, now, now the other way. Tooch, Tooch is probably delivering no. eggs now on that trip. <laughs> okay, so hold on a second. Since we're all fucking in, in we're all lost on this. What would equal an Easter egg? An Easter oh. egg is something on the screen that shouldn't be there. Something I, I see, like some stockings. Okay, what else do you see in those stockings? Um, is that like 
All right. Right right now, right right now, Tooch, on your forehead. Yeah. Is, is that a right bra? There, right there. That's a yeah. that's a butt plug. Oh, okay. I thought it was a bra. <laughs> that blue thing in between those two red stockings is a butt plug. All right. Like and over now, a, that, that's, that's a, a dildo. Okay. That's a vibrator. Oh, and, and, a, and, a, and above me, I have the. The, the the double pen the double penetration vibrator right there. That's right. Nice. And there's one and there's one yeah. on the right. Those are always fun. Oh, you're a there. genius, Aldo. There's one right there too. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know what uh, Aldo got for everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to entertain you guys. Thank you for the gifts for Kitty. She's gonna love it. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. All right. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I caught the last half of uh, yeah. Santucci's uh, beautiful, re- beautifully written, <laughs> incredibly delivered uh, Bear State of Affairs. Yeah, I want to get back to uh, our radio programs. Paul Clark, by the way, commented that he, what the fuck are you guys doing commenting on these fucking has-been radio guys? Fuck you. I blocked them. So um, <laughs> that's the mood I'm in. So here's, uh, here's what I want to do. I want uh, Dan Weederer by the way, is since he's been on our show, every time I hear him speak in the media, one of his radio hits and so forth, he is now Mr. Complimentary. <laughs> There's no more. I think I might have reformed him, Dan. Yeah. That's because of you. Great job, Aldo. Yeah, nice. Thank you, sir. That's I'll take credit for it. It was my question. It was my question. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Dan Aguilar deserves true. at least 50% That's of the That's true. Credit. I was listening to the question and it was getting a little bit uncomfortable and I was like, oh, fucking lay it down. Lay the pipe, Dan. <laughs> you, you, you delivered it well, Dan. He's probably, he's probably worried about getting his ass whipped on the street. He's trying to <laughs> clean it up a little bit. I would agree with that. No, man. All right. This is uh, leader we're talking about uh, stuff that was encouraging. There's a lot of different ways you can take this. I, I think that you, you have to be encouraged by the way they played, I thought the effort early on in the game of, of just making sure that they let the Eagles know that they were here and for real and they were going to put together a game plan that was going to challenge them was impressive. A scoreless first quarter may not go down as a victory in a lot of people's book, but I was like, wow, this is a, an indicator that this team came ready to play against an opponent that, that, that challenges you in a lot of different ways. I think we also learned that, like the, the one Justin takeaway for me was just how calm and comfortable he was. He kind of talked Thursday about hoping that the feeling he had in that game against Green Bay could carry over and, and just hoping that it would. And it clearly did. Shorthanded with his receivers against a defensive front that is going to come after you all day long. And he just he – was, he was in it. He was in the rhythm. He was in the flow. And he never looked frantic. And that's a huge step. It's something that when we talked in early October about where the Bears needed to go, it was just settling down a little bit and, and being capable of being calm within a game. It was, it was very obvious yesterday. Do you think that that, that and he was searching for trying to be able to explain what that feeling was? Do you think that that's just the game is slowed down and that he's evolved enough where he's more comfortable with who he is in the pocket? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, like I say, it's a combination of calm and comfort, and those two things put you on the escalator towards command. And once you get command, now all of a sudden you're you're able to kind of dictate the game, and you're able to to go through some things. I think we all agree that eventually we'd like to see a comfortable, calm Justin Fields have actual playmaking receivers to throw the football to, so that we can get an ac- accurate barometer of 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 where they're at offensively and where the passing offense 
needs to go because, again, because of the limitations, the statistical production of the passing offense leaves a lot to be desired. But we put that in context and we realize that it's not, that's not on the quarterback. And sometimes I'll tweet out a stat that doesn't even include Justin Fields' name and people will lose their mind thinking it's some sort of major condemnation of, of Justin's field. It's not that. You, 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 I think you guys would agree that they have, that they have made great progress. They have a long way to go. Do you think that the Eagles showed other teams something about containing fields on the perimeter, or is that just a function of their talent? Well, it's a combination. I think the, the Packers and Falcons did a decent job of that as well. I don't think we're going to see as many of those zone read runs that go for 20, 28, 32 as we saw uh, you know, late October, early November. It's just going to be a function of, of how the Bears can design some things to, to get him free, and then obviously you're going you're gonna to continue to encourage him to, to be the, the chicken salad maestro that he is. And, and again, when you turn a, a seven-yard sack into a near 48-yard touchdown, and, and you know, it's a 39-yard run that turns you know, what should have been third and 34 into first and goal at the nine, now all of a sudden you've got magic that, that you know, 25 to 30 teams in the league would pay to have on their side. What do you think, Dan Aguirre? Hey, you're right. Weeder with a hit that would make me proud. I mean, yeah, Justin still had it, it, you know, he was talking about the containment, you know, with the talent of the Eagles, but he still had just that, that immaculate moment when it appeared in live, uh, live that he had scored another touchdown. Of course, he stepped out, but it was just a tremendous run. So even though he's quote-unquote bottled up, he still had a moment that none of us will ever have. <laughs> you know, Just an incredible uh, show of athleticism and dexterity. He's, he's, if he can get to where he can complete some easy passes and get more yardage overall, because with all those sacks yesterday, he was under 100 yards, as a, or the Bears were as a team, for passing which isn't getting it done in 2022, but with his individual toughness, his ability to run and ability to make some incredible throws, if he can make those easy ones, then I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And I agree with what Laz is saying here. I mean, come on. It's not like this fucking team, this franchise has given us a lot of success. So guys like Leisure and Weederer and some of and Mark Potash asked tough questions Biggs, Jared Payton, I, I, he's rarely at the uh, press conferences, but I know he's been critical of the Bears. They're, they should be. It's not like they're fucking winning games. Santucci is one of the most critical guys here at the bar room. He's, he's, he, he's one of those guys that will say, I want to, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, so, so many years, although of being a Bear, I've been a Bears fan since 1974. I'll be celebrating mm-hmm. my 50th year as a Bears fan next year. in a couple years and Mm -hmm. all those past that you went through that door uh, a couple years ahead of me oh yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you know something man and I said this in the chat last week when you had uh, Weirder on the show Mm -hmm. I think think it's unfair to base all of your criticism If, if it's based on the things that have happened in the past I don't think that's fair I mean it's fair to criticize the past if you want to but to, to compare this current regime and what they're doing and what they're putting in place to things that have, ha- that have happened in the past, knowing that this is a rebuild, I don't think that's fair, man. I think you ought to – these guys, I mean, you can't tell them what to write and how to report on these things. But to me, I, be- I believe these, these guys have earned the right to a free run- runway 
towards wherever they're going with this team without the past being a, you know, a, a shackle on them, you know? I, I am with you 100% on that. Shorty, what do you think? I, I agree, too. But I, first off, although I want to say great job getting Weeder for an interview, man. Thank you. Because, I mean, he is one of those guys, let's just say, when I first saw, um, when, they, when they first drafted Justin Fields, I, I started watching, like, everything that I could possibly get, you know, on YouTube about Justin Fields. And Dan Weeder has his podcast, and uh, he was saying all these positive things. He got me all jacked up. You know, just like everyone was jacked up then. And then, you know, you saw him take this perspective to where it was almost like he was looking for clickbait shit to try to get people to. It's like he had to find something, you know, negative to harp on just to, like, have the opposite narrative of. And I love how you kind of, in a way, I don't want to say called him out on it, but you you gave him very good questions that he was able to answer. Um, And by the way, I must say that he is an excellent speaker. And, you know, in how he handles every interview and how he handled the interview with you and how he handled that interview right there. And one thing that he said that I wrote it down, he said he he called it uh, what Justin has done with the chicken salad maestro. He called called him the chicken salad maestro. I mean, so this like he's he's very well spoken, well worded. And just the uh, I kind of have a, a little bit of sympathy in my heart for him because I know we've. Paul talked about it. He wanted the inner the ESPN job. I'm sure he did. And, you know, he might have been taking a different approach after that just to change things up once he didn't get it to, like, kind of take this different perspective and kind of travel down an avenue that would help his career. So you can't hurt anyone for that, you know, trying to help them themselves. And as you said, Aldo, you don't necessarily want to be a – because I somebody asked the question in chat that day that I wanted to ask, which was, is he a fan of the team? And you said it perfectly that you don't want your journalist to be a fan of the team. You want them to put all that aside and look at everything's everything from a, a you know that a, the journalist's perspective and uh, whatever the word I'm looking for I can't find. And so I, I think that Dan Weederer overall is just trying his best to earn a living and try to get through the journalist world. And as he said, it's a, a lot of fucking work. It's a 365 day a year job, and it didn't used to be that. You know, so. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit just for, you know, some of the things he said in the past and then as well give you credit for literally what I see as a completely changed perspective and how he said everything he said there based on the show he was on with you. I kept thinking when Dan was speaking there and his his eyebrow was raising like the rock a little bit. And I was like, who does he look like? It's the glasses. And when he raised his eyebrow, he was looking like Mark Trussman. Oh, no. <laughs> this, 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 the, only, the only reason why I wear glasses is because my eye, my eyebrows used to go all the way around like this when I was younger, and now it just looks like like this all the time. So that's why I look. I just, I just, you're you're looking a little bit like Mark Trishman. I just look better with glasses. That got question marks on his face. He's talking about how he can see my eyebrows coming up above. above. That is the fucking worst compliment you can give a guy. You look I, like I ain't got no sympathy for weird. Does anyone right? think he looks like Trustman other than me? Now that you bring Fuck it you, up. Dan. <laughs> no, Matt, what'd so, you say? He said I look like Mark Trustman, Kitty. <laughs> it's the glasses in your eyebrow, that's all. Yeah. You're going to look like Uncle Leo. I'm just kidding. When I get a hold of the 
You don't have to text me after this and make friends with me again. <laughs> you're definitely not as stupid as Nagy, so you got that one. <laughs> yeah, you're not a bald Thank fuck you. like Nagy. It's true. Right. It's true. Oh man. I, okay. Uh, I still have two more clips from the radio stuff. Let's see. We're at nine thirty. We got an hour. Let me first uh, change course here and played some of Justin Fields because I really do want to get – he had a press conference earlier today, and, I, and, and, and there were three or four moments that I thought were golden. This guy is now totally uncomfortable, uh, totally comfortable with the press conferences. He's, he's sharing more of himself. He's making jokes, just despite, you know, the, fa- the fact that he's losing. And, but I think he gets it. He, he truly gets it. So this is a question that was posed about his rushing. When you put on the tape and you watch yourself with those electrifying runs that then end up all over the place, what do you what do you see when you watch yourself in that light? Uh, just see me making plays and kind of just see it, you know, happening. Um, you know, I don't really, you know, I don't really plan it before it happens. It just, you know, ends up happening. So, um, yeah, I mean, just you know, just trying to be smart in that decision. Um, and you know, like I was telling Colleen, it was just. Um, it, it really just happens in a in, in a in a matter of a, a second, like a split second, to where, you know, my first initial thought is I'm trying to protect myself. I'm not trying to take any big hits. And then um, if I see a little crease or something like that, I might you know try to, you know, hit that crease just for you know extra yards or try to like break one tackle. But um, yeah, I mean, my first thought when running is just you know protecting myself and and, and not taking. Like, Can we big talk hit. about improve, sorry improving in the passing game and stuff like that? But you mentioned even at Ohio State you weren't running as much as you are now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen yourself improve as a runner just from the start of the season as well? Yeah, and uh, I think I'm. Yeah, I think you know I've definitely improved as a runner, and I think just you know myself as a person is just or myself as a player is just you know it's just you know adaptation. So. Um, of course, I've had to run run a little bit more this year, so I think you know my body's adapted to that, and of course, it's gotten better at at running. So, um, you know, just trying to adapt to the game, and you know, adapt to you know what I need to do to help my team win. I love that. You know, this this is a weapon. This is why college coaches now have become enamored with quarterbacks that can run, because they deliver explosive plays, and you need explosive plays to win football games. Nomad, am I right or wrong in that this guy, he will, we want him to be more proficient at passing the, the football, but we will always want that part of Justin Fields where he can just pick up the ball, take the ball, tuck it, and run for 40, 50 yards, those explosive plays. So, number one, all the GMs and scouting directors, uh, they're not looking for the next Tom Brady. They're looking for the next Justin Fields. That's right. Why? Because teams are getting bigger, stronger, and faster every day. And you need a guy that can make plays with his legs to be able to keep you in games. It's just a trend of the NFL. It's nothing against traditional pocket quarterbacks and what they bring to the table. It's just, you know, the NFL cycles like that. I mean, it's it's really a a, a, a long time coming for a whole bunch of, I want to say, black athletes, but any athlete, I don't care what color he is, if he's good enough to play back there and can make elite plays with his feet, man, these guys need to be in the game, man, and stop, you know, uh, shortchanging these guys just because they don't do this well or that well. They don't stand back there like a statue and, you know, just wait for – I mean, it's just – that gets so boring to watch to me sometimes. I I love watching Justin Fields play, and it's just going to be more and more guys like him that come over time. You just watch. 
Totally agree with that. And um, Ravi has a comment. Tristan Handler, uh, Tristan needed a handler. Tell him to chill that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's got better eyebrows than I do. What are you talking about? That <laughs> you know that motherfucker drives a white van and nothing on it. My goddamn eyebrows, they stopped growing. Over, like, they used to go all the way around. Look at that. They used to go all the way around when I was younger. Now they just stop right here and right there. I'm gonna be one of those guys and be fucking painting his eyebrows on like an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I'm, in, I'm in a 55 and older community right now, and that's where we, you know, we know you guys know that Kitty's mom passed away in August, and we assumed her house, and so now we're this 55 and older. Everyone here is, you know, on their way out, <laughs> and I'm seeing all these painted on eyebrows, and I'm like, well, maybe I should do that too. <laughs> Man, that's wild. Uh, are we telling eyebrow stories now? You <laughs> have got... such nice eyebrows. I would love to have your eyebrows, too. One, one of the uh, gals in the wedding that my wife had uh, had eyebrow issues and got tattoos. No, they, they oh didn't no! Look, they didn't look good. Oh <laughs> and no! Then, after after the wedding, her, my wife, and her friends, and the guys and gals in the wedding party, all they did was make fun of her eyebrows <laughs> over some drinks, <laughs> and it was hilarious. Oh, Maybe just get some like some stick on ones I can just put on for the show and like take my glasses off. You, you ever seen you ever seen one of those motherfuckers that that eyebrows are so bushy they look like caterpillars and shit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's what you look like, Nomad. Actually, we, 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 we discovered last on last night's show that uh, uh, Nomad, he's actually um, Mustafa Shakir. He's an actor who is playing on the sh on the show on uh, Netflix guy. called yeah. Cowboy Bebop. That is yeah. Nomad. That is awesome. If that's awesome. If that's no, not Nomad, nomad. then I'm fucking... I'm Jennifer Aniston. Okay, trust me. No man totally nailed that last comment. Man, Don't end you. up on my sex offender registry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Shorty, you got a new nickname now. Thanks to Dan Aguirre. Dan, Dan, trust me. Man. <laughs> I love it. Instead Dude, of the other Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm Dan, Dan Trustman. Yeah. I just All right, say here's, uh, here's Justin Fields talking about that. Fucking hit by fucking Indomitians. That's a scramble, I think, in the first quarter. And it, it looked like, from what I saw, that you were objecting to getting hit in the head by Indomitian Sue. Yeah. Slide. Mm. What did you think when you saw it on replay? I mean, it's just been too many times where I've gotten slid and hit too late, and I don't get the flag. So, I mean, at this point in time, did you not hear me? Or, I, I, yeah, I didn't have you. Uh, I said, I said, I said, it's it's been like just too many times this year where, you know, I felt like I've gotten hit late or something like that, or and there's been no flag. So I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be on the refs, like you know, like just you know, looking for a call. But you know, when I think it's a flag, then you know, I'm gonna, you know, ask the ref. And you know, on sun, Sunday he said that he didn't think it was a foul. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna, you know. Be begging for those calls and just just hope hope that I get you know one one in the in the uh, near future. So yeah. I mean, I I thought you know uh, I don't know I, I I felt like I was down and then I just felt a 300 pound guy you know come coming back. So I'm like, well pause. But um uh nah just yeah just 
I just, you know, just gotta, I don't know. I just, just, just gonna ask those, those refs for those calls. But yeah. That motherfucker, uh, he, uh, he wound up. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like Otis Anderson in the Super Bowl when he fucking had that big stiff arm against Mark Kelso. That's, I mean, this guy has been hitting Bears quarterbacks now since like since Jay first came over from Denver. It's like cheap shot after cheap shot after cheap shot. This guy's reputation alone should have the referees watching him closer, where he's not able to do that. Like, if anything else, it's a blow to the head too. I mean, how that wasn't a penalty, it's just egregious. It's absolutely fucking egregious. I know we're the shitty-ass bears, and we're here we are whining, but fuck, man, that's a penalty. That's a penalty on any other quarterback in the league. And, dude, you and I have been on this bandwagon for some time. We want fucking referees who are working 40 hours a week and everybody yep. saying, well, why? They just should, you know, show up to the fucking game. No, they should be studying the film on Sue to see his tendencies. They should be studying the film and realizing, yeah, this young quarterback uh, who plays for the Chicago Bears, he's always running and sliding, and we're missing calls. What the fuck are, are the NFL officials doing with all these grievances that are being sent to their office, what are they doing with it? They're just, oh, yeah, you were right. And then they don't fucking apply that knowledge to the next game when they're making calls. Tooch, you you and I have been on this bandwagon for a while. Yeah, it should be a full-time job, you know, with continuous improvement throughout the season, rule study, testing, uh, physical fitness, and pay these guys like they should be paid. I mean, they're, they're these are guys that, you know, they, they do the games for, you know, for – months out of the season and they go back to whatever other jobs they had it's just it's not it, it, it's not working it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like i don't i don't want to say the word conspiracy but it's you see year in and year out now it's a different thing that they focus on every year now right like last year they were focusing on the taunting and the year before that it was something else and the year before that it was something else and the year before that it was any kind of hit like that on any quarterback whatsoever and here we're seeing our, our quarterback getting beaten and battered around constantly. And I'll, I'll admit, watching that live, from the, the perspective that I had on television, I, I thought, well, it looked like the two defenders collided with each other. And that's the only reason I might have any dismissiveness on maybe the miss of that call. Mm-hmm. Because watching it in the replay, when you're seeing it from the other angle, you can clearly see him. It's almost like he knew he had the angle where nobody could see him, so he could get that extra fucking jab on him, like like you were saying, Dan. You know, can I say something, man? Because yes, this shit is starting to really piss me off with him. Not me too, man. I I, I want to go on a rant, but I'm just I'm letting you go now. It's really <laughs> it's really pissing me off, and I just want to ask all you guys a question and everybody in the chat the same thing. Feel free to respond honestly. What happens if Justin Fields, after a hit like that, gets up? turns and starts verbally assaulting the fucking referee like Tom Brady does, what happens to him? Thank you. You know what He's happens. probably going to get kicked out of the game. Boom. Yep. Fucking A. Fucking A right here. He would have. That fucking sue, though. I mean, I don't know how many people remember old games because I feel like I make references and no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. So, But for five, six years, seven years, that motherfucker was hitting Jay over and over and over. Dirtiest and most of them the were dirty. Yeah, most of them yeah. were dirty. Hell, he had a moment when he stomped on Rodgers, too, with his yeah. cleats. Yep. That moment where he just drove, picked up Jay and just drove him down into his, yeah. like, 
shoulder, like side, yeah. like bent to them at the hip. That was one of the worst. That, that reminded me almost of the Charles Mann or Charles Martin, you know, fucking tackle on, on McMahon and the way that he just like did it deliberately to like try to do some damage, you know? The only difference with that is the fucking play was over for like three seconds and Jim was like not anticipating a hit at all when he got picked up and slammed. I mean, the, the yeah, whistle had blown and, that, and everything. Oh, did the whistle blow? Because I, I yeah, McMahon's picked up. McMahon's intercepted on that. Jim McMahon was yeah. intercepted on that play, and the play is over at least three seconds when Charles Martin grabbed him, and like he was like completely lifeless. Because you know how, like, if you know you're going to get hit, you sort of tense up and you brace yourself for it. Right. He had none of right. that because he thought the play was over. That's what made it so much, uh, I think, more difficult on Jim and tearing that rotator yeah. cuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one more from Justin Fields um, that I must share with you. And this is him talking about um, the doubters. Because we don't, have to, we don't have to go so far back to remember the first uh, half dozen games of this season where people were like, they were watching the stats. They weren't watching the tape. They were watching the stats and saying, oh, this guy's fucking last in the league and passing and so forth. They weren't watching the tape. They weren't taking into account that the team doesn't have a true number one receiver. They weren't taking into account that the team doesn't have a quality offensive line yet. They weren't taking into into effect into into mind a number of things. And so Fields was uh, asked about that. There was a point in the beginning of the season where I think there were a lot of people who doubted you. I'm wondering if you ever had a moment where you doubted yourself. No, nah. um, you know, I think in that point in time, you know, uh, I think it's just, you know, me adapting to the game, like I said before, just me adapting to it. And then, you know, really, I've just, you know, always taught myself, like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, take, I'm, I'm not going to take a, somebody's opinions to heart to, you know, where I wouldn't get advice from you. So, um, you know, no offense to the people out there. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But if I'm, you know, honestly not, if I'm not looking to take advice from you, I'm not going to care about your opinion or, or what you have to say. And I, I saw a video, I don't know where I saw it, it was on Instagram to where it was like, if somebody's, you know, talking bad about you, this and that, if they were speaking in a different language and you didn't know, you know, what they were saying, like you, you wouldn't, you know, take it any kind of way. So um, just, just kind of, you know, look at it from that perspective to where, you know, they can say what they want, but I mean, you know, it's, it's really just depends on how you take, you know, what they say. So, I mean, if they're, you know, I don't know Spanish, so if they're, you know, cussing me out in Spanish, saying I'm this, saying I'm that in Spanish, I'm going to, you know, look at them and smile because I have no idea what they're saying. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I think it just depends on, you know, how you take those opinions and, you know, if they really affect you or not. Did you have to learn that to take the, epi- the, the opinions with a grain of salt? Like at one point then, did you take that stuff? So um, mm, I, I don't think I took it like that seriously because, you know, I've, I've always knew what I could do on the field and, you know, my talent and, you know, what I'm capable of. But... I think it definitely took me some time to, you know, get to the point to where I am now to where I just, you know, don't take that into account. Oh. If that had been Trubisky, if they'd asked him so anything like that, he'd have been like, yeah, for sure, I need to go back and watch the tape. Mm-hmm. That was his answer no matter what the question was. I've got to go back and watch the tape. No, no, no. The first thing that you were right about was, yeah, for sure. That's the first <laughs> thing that you were right. He fucking answered every question with, yeah, for sure, no matter what the answer was. For sure, I've got to go back and watch the tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No matter what do you think, bro. For for when you when you're a football player looking at another football player, you look at 
you look for certain things. Let's just say uh, I was in the locker room with him, and <laughs> I can't I even be serious. It. I love I it when you take that cord thing and go and, and, and just fucking away with that. <laughs> no, no, but um, you, you, you ever? I don't know if you, you guys have ever seen competitive, competitively, somebody that has the dog in them and oh. what it looks like. Yes, and. You can I can see it from a distance. This dude is so driven and so determined. And if you played that 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 uh touchdown of him plowing Deshaun Elliott in the end zone against Detroit, and you and I said this on, on our podcast, and you pan over to the sidelines like the cameras did and show his team reacting to him right then and there, man. You knew this dude right here, he he's on another level competitive competitively, man. He's just He's what you want. He's what you want leading your team. And I can just see all kinds. I mean, he's just, he's oozing with confidence right now. I mean, oozing with it. And I love it. Yeah. So do I, I, I man. Oh, I mean, man. the way the way that he says, speaking, I'm listening to people as if they're speaking a different language. Not bad. <laughs> I he's love just it. putting I love his it. head down and he's working. Whatever it is that people are, he's using it as fuel. That's what he's doing. Right. Hey, uh, uh, Nomad, take us through that play again. I've got it uh, queued up now since you brought it up. Uh, I want to show it and and talk about Elliot. I'm not sure uh, this clip has the sideline reaction, but just talk about that that fucking raw attitude that you want your football players to have, even your quarterback. Don Give him some smoothness. Make it smooth, Nomad. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to man. Look at he about to put the motherfucker in a body bag right now. <laughs> Boom. Motherfucker, he's dead right there. He is absolutely dead. Put his hands over his chest, put him in a casket. That motherfucker's done. God, replay that. There was a moment just like that when Jay Cutler ran over Harrison Smith in 2015. Just like that. At Soldier Field. Yes. And, and yes. Yeah, he just threw his shoulder down and ran the fuck over him. It was beautiful. Hey, Dan, I'm telling you right now, that was the moment right there when every – if he didn't have the whole team behind him, he got him right then and there. You've never seen a quarterback body a defender like that. Not a quarterback. In the, I mean, that is impressive. He laid that son of a bitch out. Oh, we, you and I are we we're one hundred percent in agreement agreement on on Justin Fields for sure. Oh man, I, yeah. I think that's the moment that that really put Justin Fields above and beyond with his teammates. Wasn't that the same game when he went in the locker room and apologized for or tried yes. to apologize and they stopped him? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It was, man. Uh, he's a special guy. And, and anyone that doesn't recognize that is really, really in a fucking I mean, different uh, world. All of the different um, um, documentaries that have been made about him from high school into college into the college yes. draft into being drafted by the bears. If you haven't seen them, you have to go watch them. And there's one point I've said it before. That's it's my favorite moment in any of the documentaries about him where he went out after a game in, in high school and he's fucking mowing the lawn in the dark mm -hmm. and his dad's mm -hmm. standing there going, you want to go after the game? And you, that right there told me, this kid was raised well. He has a good father who is, you know, a major part of his life that is trying to help this 
young man become a great man because he sees the qualities that he has. And here we're seeing it now. That, that interview said it all. Aldo, uh, today I was cleaning house and I was listening to, I actually turned on uh, WGN, their podcast uh, from Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, Hampton and Obradovich got into a screaming match over Justin. Really? Yeah, Hampton is sold that Fields is the man and Ed does not think he is. So they were screaming at each other. It's something you all should go back and listen to if you get an opportunity. Man, next time you, you hear a clip like that, let me know right away so I can try to grab it. Uh, the mashup, yeah. What was the other guy saying, Dan? Uh, Ed, Ed, a couple weeks ago, this is conversation is sort of, you know how like sometimes you say something and a couple weeks later you're still referencing it? So that's what was going on. Ed was saying some crazy shit. And again, he's a 63 bear. He's old now, but a world champion. But he was saying that uh, Justin should be a fucking slot wide receiver. And uh, Hampton, like, he was going on and on about this kid doesn't have it and blah, blah, blah. And then Dan came in screaming. He's, uh, they went after each other. You can tell these guys generally have a lot of affection for one another. And they almost went to commercial just to smooth it out, I think, too. Uh, and you I know, don't when, remember when, this. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Would I be wrong for pegging that as slightly racist? See, I was just going to comment on that. Uh, you know, I don't think it's so much racist as it is bigotry. And what I mean by bigotry is that you have a set beliefs on this is the type of quarterback that I want. It's no, but to be fair to Ed, though, Ed wants a quarterback that's throwing, not just like a necessary Tom Brady. He like he was comparing him to Hertz. He's like Hertz has got 300 yards. He's Hertz like, has got... another year in the league. I, I, I'm not saying that it's not my opinion. <laughs> just at, they were asking me what Ed was <laughs> no. saying. Ed <laughs> wants a quarterback uh, that he feels that either it's Luke Getze or it's Justin or it's both of them or the passing game coordinator. He's like, man, it's just not getting it done. There's not enough. He's like, in 2022, you've got to put up yards to win games. I wouldn't call it racism or bigotry. I would call it old school. This is an old school fucking football player. Who yeah, just he, he, he's he, he's he's set in his ways of how he played football, man. But he's and not that, advocating that though. He's not trying to say we're going to win ten seven. He wants to sling the rock, is what I'm saying. He wants a guy. Uh, he doesn't. I don't think maybe he is like somewhat bigoted, and uh, and obviously that is plausible. But I don't, I don't think he is on this issue. He he thinks he's not a good enough passer. Uh, is he he and acknowledges he's, his he's athleticism. Not. Right, and he's not right now, right? So it's a, legitimate, it's a legitimate comment, but to, you know, and I, I, I need to hear the clip before I comment fully. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago when he said he should be in the slot. I, I didn't listen for like That's a month long. or so. I so went into long. like a, a hibernation of listening to post games because I just couldn't I take well, it after all these losses. That, that, that's where my old school mentality came from because he's thinking, oh, well, in my school, in my old school thinking of football playing, this guy's not a quarterback, you know. You know, and, some, you know some guys, you're gonna hear more and more stuff like that because, you know, it's you know change happens slowly sometimes, and then it happens abruptly, and then sometimes people have a hard time, you know, getting acclimated to it, and you know for the longest time, you know the quarterback position was this sacred cow position for some blind, blue-eyed, tall white right. man that threw with a bazooka arm and threw Johnny, be good. You know what I'm saying? It was just that's what it was. And people are adjusting to that being different than it was. And I, well I think people are struggling with it.
Well, as so much said. as I agree with you, uh, I totally agree with you because in my lifetime, uh, you know, I was hearing leading into Super Bowl 22 that a black man can't be a starting quarterback in a winning team, which is just in fucking incendiary. However, once more, I, I think Ed isn't old school in the sense he's like, you got in today's NFL to win a championship, you got to score 35, 40 points a game. And he says, this kid can't do it. He can run. He's great at running, but he's going to get hurt. He has to be able to, to throw better is what he's saying. I don't want to have to defend the viewpoint because I don't agree with it, but that's what he's saying. I honestly don't think Ed's view is actually a lot more progressive than he's getting credit for is what I'm saying. He's like, we got to score five touchdowns a game to win in 2022. Mm-hmm. He's not wow. trying to win 10-7 in, in a cloud of dust. He's actually bitching that like, like, do you remember the week we eclipsed the 84 team with the rushing yardage? Ed was like, so what? You know how he yells out. He's like, so fucking what? He's like, you know what that meant? A loss. A loss. He's like, you morons, you have to pass in 2022. He wants to pass every play. Dan makes me want to listen to him. I'm sorry, Aldo. No, no, please go ahead. I I do want to get another perspective. You know, with Dan telling us one thing and us listening to it for ourselves to be able to determine where he's coming from, you can kind of sense the energy when he says things. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, and uh, I do a show with Mike North here every Sunday morning, and he is not the biggest Justin Fields fans he, fan. He loves Mitchell Trubisky, and a lot of people would interpret that as being, you know, Mike being more for the white guy than the black guy. And I think, you know, and knowing Mike and 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 knowing, you know, so much of his background, I have to say that a lot of that is just based on tradition you know for instance there was a a a quarterback with the chicago bears named vince evans he was a black man and this was in the early 80s that he was drafted out of usc i fucking loved vince evans because he reminded me a lot of bobby douglas the left-handed quarterback who had the rushing record for the chicago bears almost a thousand yards and vince evans was very similar to that but was a little bit better of a passer and so i was rooting for vince evans I'm sorry, yeah. say again? He was before his time. Yeah. He and had some so, good moments with the Raiders in the 90s, too. Really good moments. And it was weird that they drafted Jim McMahon on the year Vince Evans was was ascending with the team. They gave up on him a little too early, in my opinion. And then when he went to the Raiders, he had an injury and so forth. But nonetheless, my point regarding Mike North is that Mike was a huge fan of Vince Evans. He didn't care if he was black or white and so forth. He saw the same potential, the same talent that I did in Vince Evans. And so I don't think that, you know, a lot of people like Ed Bradovich and Mike North, I, I think that they're more married to convention, what they what they perceive as convention than they are uh, regarding uh, race, racial, racial aspects. I, I can't say it enough. Ed thinks that running the ball is 1985 and you can't win that way. Ed thinks you have to pass almost every play to compete with your Kansas City, your Buffaloes, your elite teams. And that's that. I, again, I don't agree with his viewpoint necessarily, uh, especially not on fields, but I don't want to have to keep defending it. But I, I just say, Ed's it's so easy to say, well, Ed's 80 or whatever. So he thinks we should play this way. That's not his argument. His argument is the guy can't pass. And I don't agree with that either. If he's got a better offensive line, and better wide receivers, you're going to see a lot better passing. And considering that he's getting fucking hit like six, seven sacks against Philly and still standing in there and coming back from an injury and throwing that touchdown 
to Pringle at the end, he's he's got grittiness, man. He's got toughness. I think he can improve even more than where he is now. Let me bring Tucci into this discussion. The one thing about Fields that aggravates me the most are those little two, three-yard passes. You know, he's running and he just needs to lob it to get it to the guy, and he misses on these short passes. The wide receiver screen, he throws it three feet in front of the guy. Perhaps that's what Obradovich is referring to. He gets frustrated by this lack of 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 productivity on passes that perhaps even you two could complete. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking at. I mean, <laughs> I, I think Justin is a pretty good passer to me, man. I, I'm wondering if we should get Mike North an optometrist appointments. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe just need some glasses. Well, the numbers aren't there, and Mike and, and I, I'm sure other people look at numbers first and foremost, and, and that's what, what guides their opinion. Hey, guys, uh, I no, want to switch no. gears here. Uh, uh, final thought on that, Mr. Shorty? It's what's in. Uh, last night, Nomad and I talked about this, how I showed a, I showed that one of those passes where he threw it, uh, I think it was like to Pringle or something, to like one of those bubble screens, and he threw it a little bit ahead of him. He kind of flicked the wrist a little bit too much, and the ball went ahead of him. And he got down on the ground and he started patting the ground. Like, fuck. And we talked about that being one of those plays that he knows he has to work on. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. And okay. can I, one last thing. Please. I mean, I, I lost count of how many records both team and NFL records Justin Fields set this season. So, I mean, I, I never saw Mitch Trubisky setting multiple records. Uh, Breaking I, I just, his own I, record. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, what what more? This is his first full season starting, and he's breaking records. Yeah, he may he multiple. may end up by the end. Multiple records, team records. He may end up as the uh, number one overall all time rushing leader from the quarterback position. He just needs 270 yards, I think, mm-hmm. or less than that. Two hundred. It's like 70 something. yards a game, I think. 70 what, yards a yeah. game, he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. And he, I hope I he doesn't he get. I, I think he intends I hope to get that he throws for 300. I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, no, I hope that he throws for 300 yards a game as opposed to running for that. But, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and I think that we can all agree on this, points are up. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's because somebody is, you know, running with the ball, passing the ball. I don't care if we're cheating. <laughs> I want points to be up. And that's what Justin Fields has uh has 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 delivered for the Chicago Bears. All right, in this last half hour here, because I know that Dan Aguirre has to go, everybody else might be able to stick around another few minutes or so. I want to do this. We have a uh, this is Christmas, of course. It is the season of giving. It is the season. Also, my of, birthday. Uh, oh, look at you, dude! Your birthday is on Christmas Day. Yes, yes. Oh, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, you poor motherfucker. I, we I call it Dansmas around around here. <laughs> uh, Dan, you got a clip for us, Dan Aguirre? Yeah, if you want me to play it real quick before you go to the Christmas segment. Please, please do, brother. Okay, okay. Just shake your head and say, you know, somehow, someway, we've got to be better as far as protection. But re- remember, we talked about this going in, uh, this game on the pre uh, in the pregame. He didn't have his top two receivers, and 
at, at some point, all of these factors, and then his best offensive lineman went out of it. So all these things contributed to the outcome. But but I see flashes of brilliance and a great and bright future. Well, are you two, who are you talking about, the quarterback? I'm talking about number one, Justin Fields. Well, I'm talking I, about him. I, I, I'd have to take issue with you, Dan. I'll tell you what. I, I don't see. Would what, you trade him for I, Jalen Hurts? I don't care. Just, I don't see what you see, and let me. You had your say. Let me say my say. All right. First downs. We were five of thirteen. Five of thirteen. You're going to lose the football game in the National Football League in the year 2022. You passed for 91 yards. Our opponent passed for 309, and they won the game. 91 yards. Every week, it's the same thing. 78 yards, 48 yards. Three years ago, we played Cleveland. We had a net one-yard passing. We rushed for 157 yards. They rushed for 112. Where was the difference? Converting on third downs. That was the difference. What was the difference in passing? 309 yards. 309, and we passed for... 91 yards in the year 2022 in the National Football League. And everybody and his brother knows that this is a passing league. 3 one now, 2 I'm going to tell you, and I know you love the kid number one, our quarterback. I'll tell you what, I do not think he's the answer. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to go through the rest of these games and they're going to come back next year. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the same story. you got to pass in this league to win. I agree. But how are you going to pass when you don't have pass protection or no receivers? You think that Philadelphia wins today without A.J. Brown and Deontay, uh, Devontae Smith? Danny, how many? Let me tell you something. But I'm talking how, reality. How many play-action plays did they come with? How many sprint outs? How many bootlegs did the Bears run today? Not, not one. That's not All Justin right, Fields' you're trying fault. to win a football yeah, exactly. game? You're, you're blaming coaching. that on Justin Fields? No, I'm blaming that on the stupid coaches we have. I'm okay, getting ready, Nomad. I'm talking about Justin Fields. You're talking about Get ready, the other 15 idiots around him. Well, it doesn't matter, Danny. He's the one. They think that that's what he can do the best, and obviously he can't. Again, passing for 91 yards in four quarters of a football game, and we're supposed to win it, and you convert five times out of 13 on third down, Folks, you're not going to win a football game. And by the way, right, you get the point. Yes. Hold on. And, can and I, can I just say just, just real quick, Ravi, I, I absolutely agree. OB, I, I am always going to love that guy because he's a man's man. I mean, this guy is a man's man. And yeah. you could call his thinking outdated or whatever. I don't give a fuck. But this guy helped me fall in love with football because he's just a tough SOB. Go ahead, Mr. Shorty. No, man. We talked about this in the very beginning of Bears Country Podcast, the, the media, right, and how they how they try to, like, the, the, they're so negative all the time in Chicago that you almost just you want to tune out and listen to the Barroom Network sometimes, right? <laughs> or Bears Country Podcast. And so we're talking about stats. Right? I, have, I have them right here. Yeah, the Bears passed for 91 yards, but that was only because he was sacked six times for 61. He actually passed for 152 fucking yards in the air. Jalen Hurts he, he said that he had 315 yards passing. Well, he didn't take into account the one sack for six yards, so he actually had 309. So if you want to get technical saying that uh, this and that, no, I, I disagree. The, the, the kid is, yeah, he, he, has, he didn't pass for 309 yards, if you want to you know, talk about the numbers after sacks, but he's ascending. 
And to use the number after sacks to say Pat, the, the total team yard passing for 91 yards, yes, of course you can be lawyeristically technical on that because of the six sacks for 61 yards. But he passed. He was 14 of 21 for 152 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Jalen Hurts was 22 of 37, 300, 315 yards, if we're going on real numbers, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. So I, I disagree with that. I'm done. I'm, that's my rant. Is it my turn? Want, yeah, it's, it's your turn, Nomad, because I, I we started off talking about how we were talking about this. Well, well two things. Well, number one, uh, Dan Hampton needs to get some Drano and drink it. <laughs> Second thing is intravenously maybe if you if you're looking at if you're looking at box stats things that are you know those are, those are tangible things but at the same right. time those are stats he's worrying about the passing yardage the question he should ask himself is are they moving the ball are they matriculating that ball up and down the field may right. not be doing it in the manner that he would prefer the bears to be doing it but they are doing it nevertheless, and they are putting points on the board. So who the fuck cares if they're not getting 350 passing yards a game? He's doing it in other ways. True, true. he is – Justin Field is not really well oiled, oiled in the short passing game. That will come. He's just not comfortable, and it's not hard to tell. That's going to come. It's just a mechanical thing. It just takes repetition to get better at it. But he is surely – making up for that shit in other ways is he not yeah i totally agree with you totally agree with you it's it's a it's it's to me the right way of looking at this i don't give a fuck where the yards are coming from i don't give a fuck where the touchdowns are coming and if you're going to tell me well it's not sustainable because of injury did you so care when, when it was uh uh sorry to interrupt you did you oh, care sorry. when it was fucking Devin hester getting you those yards no yeah sorry right Exactly. Well, exactly. to again to Ed's credit, Ed loves Mahomes, mm-hmm. and Mahomes yeah. is biracial, so I don't think that. Yeah, and I, I this is not a racial does. thing. Mahomes, he loves Patrick Mahomes. He fucking loves him. Yeah, Mahomes, I don't think anybody here is, Mahomes is whiter than all, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he loves ketchup why. a lot more too. <laughs> maybe that's why I love Mahomes coming out of college because he looked a lot like me, a, a white uh, guy who's really not a white guy. <laughs> anyone right. who rubs, anyone who puts ketchup all over a ribeye like that and gets drafted to a team that's red, good for you, buddy. <laughs> no shit. Doesn't Trump eat his steak with fucking ketchup too? Uh, I've never looked at Trump. Trump's eating habits, and, and I will never want to replicate Trump's. Trump's no, I really think that was reported. Food. I swear. No, it's, I, I heard that too. <laughs> All right, uh, let us turn to our final segment here because uh, I don't want to lose Dan Aguirre before I find out what he wants to give out as Christmas gifts to certain Chicago Bears. This is how we're going to set up this segment. That is right. We are fucking tired as goddamn shit. It is our turn. And Virginia and McCaskey's want... the one who typed that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> one finger at a time. Took her three hours, but she did it. She did it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, man. Was, we was that all the this. positions? 
<laughs> no, <laughs> the app that I use ran out of characters. So I said, "Oh, I gotta fucking edit some shit out." <laughs> we, we need everything, Santa. Fill the fucking sleigh. And, Dan, and Dan's already on record saying that he drilled Virginia just to get this next Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she could take her fucking teeth out. <laughs> Gum the shit out of my fucking dick, and I just I would reciprocate too. Oh, I'm not uh, a selfish lover here, you know. What you gonna do when she takes hands off, though, man? What you gonna do? I'm gonna eat that hairy ass silver pussy, man. Don't put her in the tub and let the water drain out because she might end up in the drain with it. <laughs> no, the, the, no, all the gangly pussy and ass hair would would clog up the, the drain. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I love you, Virginia. I don't mean to say that about you. We love you, Virginia. So, yeah, Virginia, I mean, she's so wealthy, she might get fucking waxes. Who knows? Yeah. Jesus, I, can't I, I give her, I'll show her a good night, but it'll be her last night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so this is how we're gonna play this game. We're gonna go around the horn. I'm, I'm gonna play a video like this. Oh, that's the wrong video. <laughs> Jesus, is that ever the wrong video? <laughs> I thought I had the right video queued up. <laughs> Let me call up the right video. It is titled no, "Grab Bag." No, it should be titled "Grab Bag," but it's not. Uh, hold on a second. Ah, oh, there it is. Okay, so. I want. I'm gonna go around the horn. I'm gonna start with uh, you, Mr. Shorty. And oh, you say stop, and when you say stop, it'll stop on a player. So this is the okay. gift that you're gonna choose for Darnell Morning. So for instance, okay. Darnell Morning, I wish you a quick recovery or whatever you come up with. So that's right. how we're gonna play this game. All right. So you. here we go. You're first, Mr. Shorty. You tell me when to stop, and I will. Go ahead and stop. Oops. Oh. <laughs> oh, nothing. Skip. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Fucking shorty passed. You cheap motherfucker. Don't, wait, don't let me pass. I have a great answer. Is this good? <laughs> All right, let's try again. Okay. Stop. Oh! oh! oh shit, that should have been oh! me. Oh, damn. Oh, 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 oh. oh I hear, hear no man saying, I wish that would have been me. No, no man, wait, no man. You're going to love my answer. Too. Yeah. You want okay, me to say let's... something? Hold on, no, let me let, let, let me resituate myself. I already have my answer. I have my pre-planned answer. Okay, look at this. This is perfect. <laughs> this could not be any more perfect. So I would so for Aaron Rodgers, I would get him not only one, mm -hmm. but two manscapers. <laughs> one to keep on one side of the house for his face, and one to keep on the other side of his house for his nutsack. Right, Nomad? I would be willing to suck Aaron Rodgers' dick. <laughs> <laughs> Nomad, come on. I want to hear what we have to say. Come on. This, you know, I just want the chat to know this guy This guy shaves his dick hair and, and ass hair and, with it, and then shaves his face with it. <laughs> what kind yeah. of motherfucker? You fucking up the whole game, man. Hold on a second. You making us all look You're bad. You're telling me any one of these other... Purebred white motherfuckers here in this room, except for you, Aldo. You're purebred looking in white. Thank you. <laughs> you can't be doing you know, this shit, man. If you manscape, you're not using the same fucking razor every time on your face and your balls. Come on, who gives a shit? Just take a shower when you're done. 
this, no, this, I, I had to say that because this was a huge funny segment last night at the end of the show, and I had to do that just for Nomad. Uh, if I was going to get, I'm going to be real now, if I was going to get Aaron Rodgers a, uh, a Christmas gift, it would be a, a bag of piss-flavored gummy dicks. <laughs> Make sure you check out Bears Country Podcast every Monday night here at the bar room. All right, so uh, next. Nomad, you can go next. Let me play the video, and you tell me when to stop. All right, brother? Uh, the, okay. Stop. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, Nomad, yes, you had somebody else. You had some, you had a gift for Aaron Rodgers, too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, real All quick, right. easy. I'm just buying sure. that. I'm sorry. I'm buying this punk ass a purse and a year supply of Kotex. <laughs> nice. I haven't heard that word Kotex in a long time. That word actually turns me on for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. How about a box of condoms for his boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Nomad, here it is. You tell me when to stop and we can get you a gift. And you can have, uh, send a gift. All right, here it is. Oh, Cody White here. Tell me who, what you are uh, going to get for Mr. Cody White here. A round trip ticket to some fucking where he's got to get up out of here. It's time for somebody else to step up and play left guard for us. He's been here a while. Been a great bear. He's moved to multiple positions, but I'm just giving him a ticket out of town, man. It's, it's just that time. Oh, man, that's cool. Anybody else? Anybody else want to send a gift to Cody White here? This is your opportunity. <laughs> Seconds. All right, Dave, you're pay. next. And a toupee. And a toupee. <laughs> I'm going to a Packers <laughs> uniform, huh? That's probably where he'll end up, right? <laughs> Even Foster was like saying, holy shit. <laughs> Don't matter. It'll dominate us on the Packers. My mother used to send me to the goddamn store. That's why I remember that shit. It's a, it's a scar on me, man, for life. <laughs> I hear you, Nomad. And my mom would send me for the same reason. And on top of that, she would give me food stamps. I'm like, what the All fuck? That shit. So- <laughs> All that shit. I'm going to buy Kotex with food stamps? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tooch, it is your turn. You tell me when to stop, and I right. will. I promise I will. Stop. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> a gift that keeps on giving. I He's like, know, shit, I missed uh, I miss the last few games. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that is right. He doesn't know that's true. Yeah. Mr. Shorty, let me help you here. Give another uh, one. Give another one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna roll it again. <laughs> and then but but wait a minute, before I do that, does anybody have a gift for Alex Leatherwood before? Because we don't want to not give him a gift. Does anybody have a gift for him? I'll give him a, a gift and invite uh, to uh, training camp next year. There you go. I mean, the guy, the guy's raw and he can't handle the speed rush uh, on the outside, but they can keep working with him on that. It, I mean, I'm not saying he's ever going to be the starting left tackle, but uh, at the very least, he's a project. They took a flyer on him, and maybe, just maybe, he can be. You know your your backup right tackle next year. How about an invite to next year's barroom, uh, you know, oh. uh, event soiree? Yes, yeah. Yeah. or a, just a barroom podcast. Yeah. I missed uh, missed <laughs> some Leatherwood play, huh? 
Yeah. Hey, uh, if you want to see some, watch the uh, recent episode of Gabriel Talks Football. He actually breaks down some of the video of uh, Alex Leatherwood's performance. Uh, you will not be enamored with Alex Leatherwood after that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the video, Tooch, and you tell me when to stop, and I, uh, I promise to do that. All right. Go ahead and stop. Oh, a Fantastic. blast from the past. This Man, is a layup, Tooch. Come on. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> what, what do you get, Devin Hester? Uh, How about a Hall of Fame jacket? Yeah. A Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame jacket. Yeah. yeah, Hall of Fame membership. Yeah. Gold jacket all day. Yep. I would have been a little bit more creative with that, and I would have said a black shirt to match that gold Hall of Fame jacket, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Definitely has to be in there. Change all right. Dan Aguirre, uh you are next. Let me put you up here, and then I'm going to fucking put you here. Oh, Dan lost some weight since I've been gone. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Dan, tell me to stop. Stop. Oh. oh. There you go. oh hell no, the game is rigged, man. How dare Justin you? Fields. <laughs> I swear to God, it's not rigged. Nice. Justin Fields. Come into my office, sir. I know you've only been in the league two years, but let's talk contract extension. There you go. Man, what? I thought you was going to blow him. I love it. <laughs> hey, if it meant right. winning the Super Bowl, fuck it. That's so funny. No, that if it means winning the Super Bowl, I'll even blow the other Dan, even though he looks like Mark Tressman. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the perfect answer, though, Darren McGuire. She should have said, Justin Fields, I'll blow you if you get a contract extension. Don't even let him get to year three. <laughs> Fuck it. Just we're adding on five years right now. Before I, before I thought about asking that question today on today's show, uh, Dad, I thought to myself, would I blow Justin Fields for a Super Bowl? Like, yeah, I'd definitely give him a hand job. I, I know I would do that. I don't know if I'd blow yeah. him. <laughs> I, I, I'm so negative. I'm like, Watch, I'm like, watch the Bears get all the way to the Justin Fields last season and not come to a contract agreement. And stuff. So Bears, <laughs> yeah, right. you know. Oh, okay. Dude, don't, 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 don't. I'm just saying, Aldo. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, cut, cut Tucci's feet, Aldo. Cut his fucking feet. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing is that Tooch and I are cut out of the same cloth when it comes to our experiences with the Chicago Bears. So he's absolutely right. That, you know, you always have in the back of your mind, how are the Chicago Bears going to fuck this up? Fuck this up. Finally, exactly. exactly. Finally, you have our franchise quarterback. Even the fucking coach, Eberflus, in today's press conference, referred to him as the franchise quarterback. And so when he said that, I was like, okay. I need to capture this and I need to send it throughout social media and everyone else. But then I said, you know what? If I do that, I'm going to jinx it. I'm going <laughs> to fucking jinx it somehow, someway, because it happens every fucking time. True. Yeah. He's, been, he's been going out of his way lately to say that, man. I, I think that's there's something intentional about that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. My cousin said to me, this is the first time that we have seen a quarterback not fail because the national media destroyed them. Something mm -hmm. along those lines. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting because, you know, Rex Grossman was having an MVP season until the, the small hands game against the Cardinals, you know, that infamous, you know, we fucking knew who they were game. And after that, Rex Grossman's confidence was destroyed because, in, in my opinion at that time, it was he was 
taken down by the national and then the and then the local media, and we finally do have a quarterback where everyone's just, you know. Yeah. So it's great. It's great to see. Very good. And by the way, Diaz talks might win the award for best chat. Uh, uh, I got to come up with a phrase for this: best chat comment of the day. He asked, Rogers gets a BJ, but not Fields Dan. <laughs> I was trying to answer it like legitimately, you know. No, that's not what this show is about. <laughs> well, I, I didn't pick, I didn't get Deshaun Watson. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> if it was oh, Deshaun, been... then I'd say, I'll find a whore to play with your asshole, sir. <laughs> that would have been a good one. We got a little bit more time, Dan. I'm going to give you another shot at this, all right? <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> All right, big money. Three, two, one. Stop. Oh. <laughs> Here, one more time. Three, two, one. Go ahead. Stop. Oh, wow. Travis Gibson, who ended Jalen Hurts' career. No, he didn't end his career, but uh, he's uh, he knocked Jalen Hurts out of the next game, and that could really impact the Eagles' playoff hopes. So what do you say for Travis Gibson? I don't have shit for Travis Gibson, man. Like, <laughs> All right. uh, maybe I could give him a shirt that says, I'm the biggest disappointment of 2022, or at least one of them. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer we were looking for. Anybody else want to play again? I do. I'll play one more time. I'll get we one more. No, you, you All go right, again. You go. We'll go down the line again, uh, starting right. with Dan Aguirre. Here you All go. right, go. Dante Pettis. <laughs> oh, shit. I know what this answer is. <laughs> All right, look, Dante, you've stabilized the the punt return team a little bit because we the guy we drafted in the third round is fucking horrible. Uh, so he no, talks about Dan Weederer being negative. No, you're not coming back next year, Dante. So <laughs> go ahead and put your your house on the market, bro. <laughs> You're going to get to the uh, a realtor, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hook you up with a realtor, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Short here next. Uh, okay, ready? Uh, one, two, three, stop. Cole oh. Komet, the tight end. Cole Komet. I'm getting him not only one, but two manscapers. I'm going to go ahead. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say, Aldo? What are you going to say, Aldo? No, I was asking you. What are you going to get, Mr. Cole Komet? <laughs> Oops. I Mr. Cole Komet. <laughs> I am going to get him a, a giant... Uh, one of those thick gold bracelets that goes around his neck, and, and at the bottom has a big Chicago Bears C. Yes. Because that motherfucker has been playing his ass off this year. He has changed a lot of people's expectations of him. Not mine. I know he's changed Dan's and others. Yeah, I admit wholeheartedly, I thought he was a bust coming into the year. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll own that. Yep. He's looking to be a target that he's looking for every time. You know, since he's becoming. Uh, an asset. Yep. Indeed. I, I, I think I'd I think... give Cole Komet as a present to Bears Previa podcast. Ah, that's right. Uh, yes, some of the, absolutely. Yes. Some of the She's ladies definitely over at him. the uh, right <laughs> the Bears Girls podcast have expressed their affection yeah. for uh, Mr. Cole Komet. So yeah. yeah can, can I just acknowledge uh, Stephen or Stephen Stephen Me's comment? I don't want to be in the room when Shorty is tugging Justin. Dan is blowing Rogers. <laughs> And Nomad is eating up Virginia after Super Bowl. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, man, how did I get relegated to that dude? <laughs> I ain't signed up for that shit, man. I was dying laughing. Stephen, yeah. B, 
Steve and me, you win the chat comment of the day. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, when, you're, when you're eating Virginia's pussy, you got to mix in the asshole too now. Oh, oh, no. I'm, I'm just oh, glad no. I didn't get put in there with lady boys. Take this down and censor that shit, Eldo. <laughs> but here's the thing. If Dan has told me how good he eats pussy before, and now he, he now publicly he just said he's going to throw in the asshole. So I'm trying to get a picture <laughs> of what he does when he's on there. I enjoy like, it, man. I like girls. What do you want me to you say? Like I like Shark women. Week, though, don't you? You like Shark Week, don't you, Dan? Oh, yeah. Shark Week. Fucking yeah. menstrual cycle. I don't give it's, a shit. She's not oh. a woman for you, then. Shark Week yeah. is done for her. You ain't gonna like dry ass Virginia. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> no hold, no hole ignored. Oh, my goodness. Ah, ah. All right, dude. Take another shot at this, brother. <laughs> Stop. Oh, Al Kadim Mohammed. Chop him up. Chop him the, up, Tooch. The ghost of Al Kadim Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. His <laughs> unconditional release. I, I think I'd get him a can of <laughs> a can of fluorescent spray paint so that he could show up in, during the game. Would that be uh, feasible? <laughs> spray Maybe himself for night games. Flu fluorescent uh, spray paint so he'll show up. Like one of those crosswalkers, just put this orange, <laughs> fluorescent orange, just so like everyone can see him. Right. <laughs> I just want, I just want him to do something. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's that meme with the the guy with the stick? Do something, the little yeah. uh, stick stick man drawing. It's, it's called an That's... old man using a cane. Is what that is. <laughs> poking, poking uh, Al Qadim Muhammad. Do something. Yeah. All right, Nomad, let's get your last gift out of the way here before Dan Aguirre has to leave the bar room. Uh, so tell me when to stop, brother. Oops. All right, let's roll. And stop. No, I had Cairo Santos. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. You had Cairo Santos. I had Cairo Santos. <laughs> but take I your pick. Cairo Santos, I'm going to deliver to him at his front door. A pair of fucking nuts. That's what he needs. Rosam with some hair on it. Wait, no manscaper? No manscaper? Fuck that, man. He need, he needs those whiskers on there. He needs a pair, man. He needs to grow. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, oh, right? God damn. Damn, man. That was the weakest shit I ever seen. Peterman too? What kind of shit is that telling the coach that, that you, you don't want to try a field goal because you're worrying about you can't make it? Man, if you don't grow a pair and get your punk ass out there and kick that fucking ball, I'm going to whoop your ass in this locker room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell me about it. I mean, okay, Nomad, you've played the game of football, so it, you want players to be honest. And so if the kicker comes to you or any player says to you, I can't go, <laughs> I can't do this and so forth, don't you got to pay him some respect, or are you saying you're not man enough? You you want to know the truth? Yes. We kick his ass in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't get out there and kick that ball, win or lose, motherfucker, you kicking that ball, or if you, you come in this locker room, we we whooping your ass. We had our kicker, we had our kicker under under control, man. He he knew if he fucked up, somebody's kicking his ass in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the way it goes, right? Dan Aguirre, you've done that too, right? You've had your ass kicked in the locker rooms. <laughs> Dan Aguirre? Is Dan still there? Dan? You there? Yeah, yeah. Dan? You're there? 
I was kidding, Dan. Oh, damn, he's man. muted. Oh, yeah. No, he's not muted, but that's my, my camera. Dan, you're not there? Uh, oh, wait a minute. He had Private to bounce. Chat. Aaron Rodgers is at his door taking him up. I have him. to bounce. He just went and without saying goodbye. Oh, wow. Maybe. Oh, what a power. to leave. He says, I have to. Hey, that's always a good thing to check the private chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 47 comments in a private chat. Dan says, I have to leave for work, gentlemen. Lots of fun. I really have to bounce. So, uh, Dan Aguirre has left us. He does look like uh, Kurt Cobain in this picture, like a, a, a Kurt Cobain who was masturbating an invisible cock. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this is a big one. <laughs> the hands all the way up to here so it works <laughs> that's, right. that's right usually when i i masturbate i bring out the teasers uh, the, what is it called? Tweezers? Tweezers, yeah. and i gotta and i gotta masturbate with these fucking hamburger helper hands <laughs> why did i know you'd say that <laughs> that's awesome from All right, Kotex, guys. Uh, Kotex to hamburger helper. <laughs> Man, I hope you. I hope you. If you're if you're using those big ass hamburger helper hands, I hope you're putting some fucking lube on that shit. That's, although we've got product placement now. <laughs> yes, we do. Ky. <laughs> hey guys, uh, can you all stick around another twenty minutes or so? We can sure. hang, man. We can hang. All right. Uh, let me let me play a little bit more of the radio stuff because it, it can uh, invigorate some discussion on some of the many myriad of Bears topics. This is uh, this is a little bit of a long one, but I really wanted to include it because I, I thought that uh, the comments made here by uh, Cap and Hood were uh, extremely pertinent to a lot of the things that we've been talking about tonight. So. Let me grab it here. Uh, this is Cap and Hood with Jay Hood. Cap and Jay Hood, excuse me. I don't see mm-hmm. the Bears beating the Bills. I don't think they win in Detroit when the Lions are trying to get to the playoffs. And I frankly don't think they'll beat Minnesota the last week of the season. So what we watched yesterday, give me something positive that you watched other than Justin Fields. Um, effort on defense. Um, I thought they played hard. I thought they competed, even though they were their talent um, on the other side was just better. Um, they competed, and this is a team that's playing hot. They've been hot all year in the Eagles, so watching them go out and compete, that was a good thing. Um, uh, seeing the, some defensive linemen make some plays. I mean, we went we went three, four, uh, ooh, maybe even longer than that, five or six weeks, where we weren't getting to the quarterback, um, not even pressure. So, and you knew this team coming in, you may not get a lot of takeaways on this team, and they were able to get them. Uh, Jalen Hurst just he didn't turn, he doesn't turn the ball over, so you got to go take it away from him, and we we're able to do that. So those are some of the positive things I saw out of this game. I saw a team come in, and they were they competed, they competed hard. Yeah, there were some mistakes, and you got Brisker coming down, he's out of his gap, um, like Coach Iberflusa mentioned after the after the game. It's just those little things get you beat, and good teams take advantage of these mistakes. So we make a mistake in this brisker incident, it immediately turns into a touchdown. So those things we'll learn from, we'll get better at, and as we stop making those little mistakes, then we'll have a chance to win some of these big games. What's the difference between Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts when you see them both on the field together? Justin Fields is much faster. I think he has a bigger arm, and... Justin Fields does not have a number one receiver in A.J. Brown and a really, really, really good number two receiver in the Slim Reaper. 
so I just that I think that's the difference. Um, everything else is, I think, comparable. Uh, well, the offensive line. So the offensive line that they have is top notch in the league. We do not have that offensive line. So you take Justin Fields and you put him on that team. I think that team is a lot better, and I think that's scary. So I think you look at that blueprint and you bring in some. You build an offensive line and you get some big time playmakers. At least one. Give me a number one receiver. And I think our offense, I think our offense takes a, a huge step forward uh, with Justin at the helm. AB, as we watched that game yesterday, and we mm-hmm. see Valus Jones put the ball on the deck, we see Cairo Santos miss another extra point. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're Matt Eberfuss with a guy like Valus Jones? He was a high pick, third round. They really had high hopes. He's fast as lightning, but he can't hang on to the football. What do you do there? Man, there's a lot of guys out on the street that can run. So, um, like you, you got to be able to hold a football. You can't, you can't, especially when you have a team like the one we have. We don't have room for error. There's a very small margin of error here, and when you give the ball away, it just it it sucks the air out of the team. You can't do it. I keep refreshing my Twitter account, waiting on somebody to be cut. So I'm waiting on it. Because I, I'm just listening to Eberflus after the game. Mm-hmm. He's not happy. He's not happy when you mention Eberflus. You mention um, uh, Santos. Uh, listen, he's not happy with those guys and the way they're performing. I would not be shocked. And nobody in Chicago should be shocked or any Bear fan should be shocked if we saw some people get cut um, over the last part of the season. Because what you want to do now, what you're trying to find is guys that's going to be on this team when this team actually turns that corner and start to become a very competitive to good team. I, the way they're playing now, I don't think these two guys will be. Um, that's just it. Uh, we, we get put in a bad situation. And I know it's an extra point, and people don't look at it as something that's as important as it is, but it completely changes the game plan. It changes the way that the game flow is going because as opposed to being, let's say they're up 10 points and you score a touchdown, then – if you make the extra point, then you're only down by three. You're down by a field goal. But when you miss that extra point, now you have to score a touchdown to to take the lead. Or you, you can't tie it, right? So it's those things, and it changes the game plan. So you need those points, and you need somebody reliable that can do that. I mean, to to know that you your kicker, yeah, it's great that he came and said that he couldn't, hey, coach, I can't make that. Well, I need somebody that can make that. I need somebody that can make that, that can make that kick. Um, a 49 or a 50 yard field goal in cold weather because we're not just going to turn this around and become the number one team in the NFC. So what we got to do, we're going to have to go somewhere when it's cold and win. And those games will be close and I will need a kicker that can make those kicks. If he can't do it, he's only going to get older. So I need to find a guy that can do it. All right. I wish uh, Dan Aguirre was here. Uh, he had to leave, and he sent me a personal message apologizing profusely for his abrupt departure. And the reason I wish Dan Aguirre was here, because at the very top of the show, we were talking about this topic regarding Cairo Santos. But the one thing that Alex Brown said that really kind of perturbed me a little bit, and, I'm, I, and, and as I heard it now for the second or third time, he's not endorsing cutting Valus Jones, but he is refreshing his Twitter to see if Valus Jones has been cut, which is absolutely, for an NFL veteran, 
you know, like Alex Brown, that's he knows that's not going to happen. Maybe Cairo Santos, which I doubt, but for for um, Valus Jones, there's just no fucking way they're going to cut this guy. No matter, are you with me on here? Listen, I, I, I'm so glad you came to me first because this is a topic that we brought up uh, last night on the show, and I got into some pretty good detail, I believe, why you don't. And I will bring it up here. Um, I like Alex Brown a lot. I mean, the more and more I see him, I, I really enjoy him on TV and wherever I see him or hear him on a radio show or somebody's podcast, I enjoy him. Respecting anybody that's played in this game, I got nothing but respect for him because I know what they had to go through. But I think he's overreacting. Matter of fact, I know he's overreacting. This is what I think is going on. When you have a young man, now you drafted him in the third round, that means you have faith in him. You believe in him. And and you believe in what he brings to the table. <laughs> okay. Now, 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 what you do, you don't, you don't just throw that in the garbage. What you do is if you really believe in the guy is you double down on it. Like I said on the show last night, they have specialists out there for every skill that you need to improve on as a football player, whether it be throwing the ball, whether it be kicking a ball, whether it be improving your feet and your technique with you. The same thing goes for, for carrying a football. You get a specialist in and you double down and help him improve. Even if Velas needs to pay it out of his own pocket to bring a specialist in his own time, just be willing to do that and come back better. And then that you don't just throw the guy away. That's too much fucking talent to just say, hey, we're done with you because you had a couple of fumbles. He had two muff punts and one fucking fumble in on the offensive play. Come on, man. You don't just throw the guy in the garbage, man. Come on. That's just too much, Alex. I'm with you. I'm with you. Duke, what are your thoughts on that topic? Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead Duke, tonight. I, I, I want to say something. Go ahead, no, I, I, it, it, and then the other thing that, that was kind of missed there, what you said, was the, the dropped uh, deep bomb, right, that was right there that he dropped – and the one thing that I will say about that play was in the game against the Cowboys, that was the Cowboys game, if he would have actually caught that ball and they, let's say, scored right away, the Cowboys were just like driving down the – they were driving the field down the – the ball down the field the entire game and scoring at will, you know, for the first half of the game. And so if he would have caught that play and or caught that pass, scored a touchdown, it would have given the Cowboys like four minutes left and they would have probably come right back and scored again. But instead, the Bears ended up actually scoring on that drive, which they were able to eat more time from the clock and give the, the Cowboys back the, the ball with like 40, you know, or like a, less than a minute left in the, in the half. And so it, in that case, it worked out in his favor. But mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. It's like the, 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 you still, you're not going to just shit on the guy and give up on him. I, there's a lot of people on Twitter, you know, bitching. He's 26 years old. He should have this shit down by now. No, you're learning a brand new offense. It's a very complicated offense. Getsy said that himself. There's no way that I'm giving up on this kid. Good point. Especially with the receiver depth that we have right now. Who, who we're going to lose after this season? Let's put that investment. Let's keep working on that investment. That's my. What, what does that say about the franchise? That a guy can come into the. You draft a guy. He comes into your franchise, has a horrible rookie season. And cost the cost the team games, and as soon as things went in the wrong direction for him, you just cut bait with him. And just what does that say about right. the franchise? 
right. you have to at some point show that you care and you're willing to invest in these guys and believe in them the way you told them you do when you brought them in here. Damn it. Thousand percent. Love that point of view, both of you guys. Uh, Tooch, what's your point of view? Please tell me that you'd cut him right now so we can have a good fight. <laughs> well, you, you, you can't. I, I do have something interesting to say about this, but I mean, obviously you can't cut him because you've invested a third round pick in him, and it's only been one year. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of times, I mean, receivers generally take longer to catch on than other very true positions. But what we can question is. Whoever in the scouting department, whether it's polls or someone else's uh, ability to uh, uh, scout skill position players like the wide receiver position, because Paul's the same guy that gave up a second round draft pick for Chase Claypool, you know, and I, I just I, I don't, what's wrong with Chase well, Claypool? Hold, hold on. Chase Claypool might be a fine player, but he's not worth giving up a second round pick. You know, we got hosed on that deal. I mean, I, I would have given up maybe a fourth-round pick, maybe, but more like a fifth- or sixth-round pick for Chase Claypool. Wait, can I just ask you, Tooch, why do you, what's your assessment in that? Why do you say that? I just don't think he's very good. I mean, why? I don't think why? Why? I haven't seen much of him either with the Steelers or with the Bears. Maybe that changes. I don't think he's worth a second-round pick. A second-round pick are building blocks of your franchise. They're not something you. They're not something you give up on on the, on uh, a player who may or may not develop. That's already been in the league for a little bit, for, uh, you know that, for, for a short while. So I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think it was it was smart to give up a second-round pick because we could be spending that second-round pick on something like defensive line, which hasn't had a sack since week six. Or offensive line, which is needed to protect Justin Fields, so that receivers can make plays and Justin Fields can be protected. Uh, can, from... I, can I can I ask you a follow up question before you yeah. you talk, Nomad? Uh, would you prefer him to be on the Packers than the Bears, Tooch? Because the Packers were sure. Reading... Yeah, you think? Why, I don't care. Get... At this point, you, I don't you, care. You think you would be the same player on the Packers? I don't know. I don't. I'm not interested in finding out, though. I just. I just don't think uh, at this point in his career, it's, it, let the Packers give up a second round pick, Shorty. That's my thoughts about it. Ron yeah. Tooch Jeremy has been done too many pornos, man, and his syphilis is getting into your head, man. We'll see. I, 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 was, right about, I was right about Anthony Miller. <laughs> Anthony Miller wasn't worth a second round pick. You were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> This is we'll this see. is a great great topic. So let's break it down because in the chat room I'm seeing almost a fifty percent Claypool is good. Claypool isn't the type of. They're argument. talking about Nomad. recouping the second round pick already that we gave yeah. away for Claypool. Right. Well, Nomad, room. go ahead and present your thought as to why you think maybe Tooch is incorrect here. Well, number one, you you got too small of a sample size to to reach that broad conclusion. Right. Well, how I'm, many years was he on the Steelers though? Hey, Tooch, I respect your opinion, man. You just like everybody else, I respect it. But what I would what I would say is just to challenge your way of thinking is I think the sample size is too small for you to make that broad conclusion. I think definitely he needs time and reps with this offense that he's still learning and with the quarterback that he's still learning. And after that, you know, if you want to 
go back to that and you don't start you, you're not seeing the production that you signed up for then you go there but I, I think it's way 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 in my opinion way too early for that yeah, that's why. That's why I, I I agree with Nomad on that subject. I, I see what you're saying, Tuch, but I think this yeah. the sample size it, is just too it's small. It's not right worth now the second round pick to find out. To me, second round picks are especially the, the second round picks going to be like 34, 35 overall. I love how Jordan Silvera says, "God damn, yeah. this topic fires me up." Because he was, I think, he was somebody that wanted him yes. at, at the trade deadline. Yes, so. he did. And, and I was, too. I mean, I didn't – frankly, I didn't think that he would be available. But I was a big Chase Claypool fan coming out yeah, of Notre true. Dame. I really, really loved him. Yep. It does seem like a second-round pick is a, a lot of capital to invest in Claypool given the numbers that he's shown with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you have to remember – Steelers' passing attack was anemic because of Ben Roethlisberger, not because of Chase Claypool. You also have to remember that this that that this was a a a, a, a trade not for 2022 but for 2023 because as Ryan Poles rightly told us, I looked at the free agent list for 2023. I'm not fucking impressed. So right. you, why should I now have to put? into my catalog of needs in the 2022, or excuse me, 2023 offseason, a wide receiver, a first-round wide receiver, because there aren't first-round wide receivers available in free agency. So here's this guy, Claypool. I can trade for him. I can get him a bunch of snaps in 2022, get him acclimated to our offensive system, get him acclimated to Justin Fields' style. And then by 2023, He's ready to rock and roll. I think that's the key thing. And I think um, I, I agree with Nomad totally and, and, and Shorty totally that any judgments on Chase Claypool now are premature. And I'm not saying, Tooch, that you're wrong, that he could, he could end right. up being a huge bust. I, I'm, right. I, so I'm with you on that because well, you always have to prove let me ask what it you, is you're doing. What, what kind of – player what kind of numbers what kind of stats they have to put up to justify that high of a pick well hold on hold on Tooch. i just i know you're not i'm a, just saying i get i got you i, mm -hmm. I just want to know i know you're not like me I, i'm a film junkie and i mm -hmm. i'm ashamed to say that but have you watched this film in detail uh just what i've seen in the in the games can i can i add one thing that if you look at the numbers from the his first season when uh, Roethlisberger was healthy, he had his best season. And his second season under under Roth, Roth, in Pittsburgh, Roethlisberger had the injury. His production went down, and then we were able to get him at this value deal. So I, I, I think, think that what Holt was seeing that value, is that – You got him for the same price the Steelers paid him for. The paid only for thing him. that I would have to say they, negatively – They invested uh, a second-round pick. They got the second-round pick right back, and they, got a, they actually got a higher second-round pick than they spent on him. The only thing that I would say negative about this, and I'll finish and let you say this in a minute, is that the only thing that I could see negative about this trade was that it wasn't the trade that they – it wasn't the Ravens pick that they got for Roquan. Other than that, I wish I wish it would have been the, the second second round pick that we had. It's sad to lose the first one that we have considering the position that we are in right now. That would be my only beef with not being able to do that. And it was only because the Packers wanted to come up – they were offering – their second round pick, which was higher than that Ravens pick, so the Bears had no choice but to go one up 
higher and give them their first second round pick to, to make sure that the fucking Packers didn't get him. And if you can prevent the Packers from doing anything, I, I don't want to see what Claypool can do with Rodgers. Let me let me let me tell you something though, Tooch. Uh, and I, and it's just me. I'm just going to relate to you what I I study tape and when you, too much of it sometimes. And I'm gonna tell you something. When when it comes to receivers, I really study hard. DBs, I really study hard. And I'm telling you, that guy is a rare combination of size and speed that you don't get, and big playability that you just you just don't find that that often. That guy is about. What is he listing on paper? About two thirty. Yeah, six I mean, two thirty. Yeah, yeah. He's probably bigger than that. He he's huge and can run like a deer and can make big plays. I mean, he's his tape is just littered with that stuff, man. This dude is rare. We were lucky to get him with a second round pick. I promise you that. You you'll think I mean, differently about it later. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I I hope it I hope it comes out that uh, he he's a number one wide receiver or whatever. Y'all think he's gonna be? I just, I just don't see it yet. And, and Toots, I love your opinion because mm-hmm. you're certainly warranted to it. And there, there's a lot of people that probably agree with you too. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just, I think, I think that, in my own opinion, if I were to like, you know, counter that, would be just give him a little bit more time before you make that. Yeah, announcement. but we're, we're always giving guys time, though. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, we're bare you know? fans, Yeah, yeah, we're. Yeah, we have, we got no choice but to give guys time. We've got to give Bayless yeah. Jones time. We had to Next give year. Justin Next Fields year. time, which is fine. We found out Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback. Right. You know, uh, I I, uh, I would have said two was too high of a pick for me to go and. I see the, the one of the take. GM is in there trolling. Fine, fine. I, uh, I I could but with uh, your like draft with your like your analysis and everything, Tooch. I can totally understand why you would think maybe a two was a little bit too high. Yeah. Right. Because he was drafted as a two, right? Yep. So maybe a three, right? So I, I see your argument with that. And, and, you know, it's kind of contrarian to what Poles' plan, I think, is for the Bears. And that's a, a, a tear down and a rebuild. And that takes draft picks and it takes high draft picks. So to me, it was kind of a perplexing move. Well, think about it this way, Tooch. Think about the timing and when he went and, and got made the move for Claypool. That was I'm pretty sure they went into the season believing in Justin, but in the in the mindset of show me, you're gonna have to prove some things to me before we start we start accumulating pieces around you. I believe that move for Claypool will happen when they were pretty damn sure they had their guy. And like Aldo was saying, it's he looked at the looked ahead in the draft and said, Okay, what can we get? And looked at the free agent class and what can we get out there that we can we can take care of this now. We don't have to worry about this in the off season. So I I take that mindset when I think about this. It was all timing with getting Claypool. It was yeah. when Justin Fields proved some things to them, they went and made that move. Mm-hmm. I want, uh, yeah, I this want is a deep draft little... for wide receivers though coming yeah. up. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, do you do you want to jumpstart the offense? Uh, who was it that said this uh, the other day? Dave wants that. He was he was referring to offensive linemen, but basically it can also apply to any position group. Do you want to take a proven guy uh, in free agency who has proven he can play in the NFL? And Chase Claypool has proven whether he can play at an elite number one wide receiver level or number two or number three. That the jury is still out. Or do you want to take a chance on a on a college prospect, knowing that? 
you know, at the wide receiver position, there's a lot of great college prospects, but the, the success rate is probably less than 50%. So, I mean, and Jordan uh, brought up the, the issue uh, with missing, um, uh, the issue was missing on Pierce and Pickens. And so while I was not a big Pickens fan because I was concerned about some of the issues regarding uh, 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 his character and, and you want to be careful when you're rebuilding a team, you want to bring in uh, to the, the team guys with high character. And I know Nomad is, 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 is have questioned those evaluations on Pickens' character. But nonetheless, I do think that Pierce would have been an obvious better choice than Baylor Jones. The well, proof is there. This guy performed at a high level. Go ahead, Norman. Well, look at this. Look at this this way. When you see somebody saying and constantly repeating it like they have fucking obsessive compulsive disorder or something in every fucking chat, every fucking where and every show repeating it, somebody's the, a professional fucking uh gm is missing that means they think they think that their way of of doing things is you're smarter than the professionals and you just like really you don't know what the fuck their evaluation looked like they took they didn't draft valus jones to be a, a your traditional receiver they drafted valus jones to be a weapon that you can use in multiple ways so i get tired of that bullshit people this 12 months later people still talking about what polls is and what he isn't like, get the fuck out of here. Who do you think you are? I think it's pretty obvious that Nomad is referring to Jordan's take on uh, that Pickens and, and Pierce. <laughs> so just for context, for anybody who's wondering, what, what's Nomad talking about? There's been obvious disagreement between those two guys on that, and I respect both points of view, but I agree more with Nomad here is that we don't know what's going on in those scouting rooms how they're evaluating these players, the intel that they've collected regarding these players' behavior. Um, <laughs> Jordan has a uh, response for you. Let's be clear about something. He called me out of my name on Twitter for no reason at all. He called me a bitch. And I'm just going to let him know on live TV, come to Chicago, but come unannounced. Because if I find out where you are, I'm going to quote you on the bitch thing. I promise you that. I find out where you are, you're going to get quoted. We're going to play that shit around here. Let me ask uh, Tooch this question. Do you still have that referee shirt that you used to have? Because you, we may need you to referee a crutch in the ring. It's going to be quick. It's going to be the bear quick. debate. The bear debate. Nomad versus There you Jordan. go. Only advice, I, only advice I got for that guy is stay the fuck away from the refrigerator. <laughs> do you guys want to do a, a bear debate uh Hell jordan no. and nomad you guys want to go at it in, in the verbal ring don't like him he annoys me okay jeez oh i love jordan <laughs> jordan is well just, liked uh, by many and jo jordan is on the, he's on your side with claypool i think right yes uh he jordan likes claypool. I, yeah that's right uh, Jordan has been a defender of the Chase Claypool acquisition, so there is uh, commonality there with Nomad. 
Yeah. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I, I would so, love to revisit I, this battle with Nomad and Jordan at a different day. Yeah. This is pay per view. So I don't want to repeat what I'm watching in chat right what? now. Me and Nomad, me and, me and Jordan can't do he, he owes me an apology. If he can't apologize like a man for calling me out of my name like that, then nothing me and him can talk about. I need that first. <laughs> I uh I, I just think uh, we overpaid because we didn't want the Packers again. The Packers got a lot of issues themselves, you know. Uh, uh, what's his name? Aaron, how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? And he wasn't all that great. Their offensive line sucks too, you know. Let uh, mm-hmm. let uh, let the Packers sort stuff out. I'm not paying a high second round pick. Mm-hmm. I get I give him a third or fourth, but by but, the way, handsome Duke has me totally uh, figured out. <laughs> I, I, I want to apologize to all the people in the chat, man. I apologize for all that, man. That was just, it was personal, and he knows why. And I apologize for making y'all go through all that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nomad, you're always a class uh, act, and I can't wait to meet you face to face. But I'm going to. Oh, sure. don't. Oh, you can't. Neither can I. I can't wait to see what that fucking happens, Aldo. You let me know, buddy. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? He's right here. There he is, right there. That's exactly right. That's that's fucking Mustafa Shakir over there right now. Look him up, Mustafa Shakir. Don't let that snow white skin fool you. I'm a a thug. (laughs) Uh, No, no, man. When uh, when when you meet Shorty, you're gonna you're gonna see this. Oh no! <laughs> I, I can't have my kids with me. God damn it! You know what? Fuck all you! Fuck all you! <laughs> my God, Duke! I see you, man. I'm just gonna sit here and make my eyebrows look more like. I'm just gonna make my eyebrows look more like Robert De Niro now. That would that would be a lot. Sit here today like this, so I can get rid of my glasses. Cause fuck that, fuck that Trishman guy. I'm I'm going this. And then fuck the problem. Here's the problem. Is the problem the seed has been planted and it's growing exponentially? Let's see like this first today. You're always going to be trusting in my heart now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I love. Oh wait, business. fuck you! Hey, you know what? <laughs> Cut my feet! I'm done. With, I'm not fucking Mark Trustman. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> all right, I always love to give the last few minutes of the show to Tooch. Tell us what you're working on with uh, the VIP Man. program. I know that you are back from your trip, and and you've been. Since you landed, you've been fucking working hard on getting back into swing of things, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, it's hard to come back and get in this time zone quickly because I mean, I've been like tired at the weirdest times, like you know, sure. two in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, you know. And uh, I'm hoping like staying up late tonight with y'all is gonna get me back. Bears Byron's <laughs> gonna cure me of the jet lag tonight. So, yeah. We're here to help. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh it's that's been the toughest part, you know. Uh and then, you know, just uh, uh trying to get back into some picks because I you know, I, I didn't have internet the whole time I was there, you know, sometimes I we had internet and stuff, but when you go to like the remote islands there's no no internet, you know, so I wasn't had to catch up. Yeah, I had to catch up on a lot of stuff. Elon Musk, just, you yeah. can get Elon Musk internet. That, that'll work. <laughs> I need, what was that? Starlink or whatever? Starlink. Yeah. 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 But just. Uh, well, what, I don't, you got any advice for us on what's going on uh, in the betting world? Uh, and then uh, drive us over I, to. You know, I had, I had two two plays on the World Cup and ended up 
and what gave out to clients of both of them won. So I was uh, pretty happy about that since I, I was getting killed. I gave up on World Cup after the first week, whatever, the first day, because I got killed. I was like 0-4. I'm like, nope, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, uh, gave out two plays for the World Cup and got uh, They were, you know, there were plays that, you know, I, I didn't know who was going to win. You know, I uh, I would have thought it'd be the, the under, too. So I didn't play that either. Uh, and uh, all I did was play uh, France to score in the second half, which they did eight out of 13 times in this tournament. And when that score, when, when France had zero goals in the first half, I was like, oh, this is looking good, you know, because I know they're going to score. And then uh, Mbappe over four sh- over four uh, shots on goal, which he he had he didn't have less than five mm-hmm. for the whole uh, for the whole tournament. So that was an easy play too. But, Nomad, do you know what the fuck he's talking about? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> then, I had, uh, I had uh, a one sense. Thing that, <laughs> one thing that's killing me is uh, uh, college basketball. You have to take. Dogs, nobody's covering spreads. I mean, Duke has Duke has not covered the spread seven times, so uh, you have to take uh, the dogs. And uh, with the uh, NFL, it still it almost always holds true that the team that has the most money on it loses, so it doesn't cover the spread. So isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, that's, came that's back the and, tip yep. right there, right there. Yep, that's the biggest that's tip. No right shit. There. Yep. Mm-hmm. And last week, all the dogs covered. Bears. Bears, Bears covered, the Texans covered against the Chiefs. It was all dogs all all uh all last oh, yeah. all last weekend. Yeah, the, the Bears did cover against the Lions them. were an underdog, they covered, they won outright. Hey, Steelers were a dog, they covered. Hey, Have the Bears been covered. covered recently though? The what? Hey, Have the I Bears been covering recently? The Bears Sorry. covered uh la- uh this last game, yeah. They there were uh, eight eight and a half point dogs. But like the previous, how many games in the previous have they covered? They were uh, they were on a bye the week before that, I think, and then, right. uh, and then the they covered on the Packers. Packers. They covered yeah. against the Packers. So yeah, yeah. good call, Tooch. I like you. Yeah. You're, you're on shit, man. I just wanted you to know, ask I, you something right quick, Tooch, if you don't mind. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Do Do you change your um your strategy when it comes like when teams start to clinch? And they don't feel the need to maybe play That's all their important question. players. Do you change your great strategy, question. and how do you That's go about doing it? That's a great question. It's such a great question because they get toward towards the end of the season, and players are getting rested. You know, I, I think I would still go with dogs there. And then, you know, uh, you see in the bowl in this this year's college football bowls, uh, it's also tough because players with the transfer portal now, players can leave, you know, and play the next year with their team. So. Uh, before the bowl game, some players have already checked out of their team. So you really have to – that's the first thing you have to look at for college football is who's available and who's not available. Like uh, Western Kentucky, uh, you know, their two top offensive linemen and their top tight end won't be in the game. They All all three of them enter the transfer portal. Their coach is uh, leaving. And uh, the quarterback left for uh, through the transfer portal but then changed his mind and came back. You know, this is like the – the passing uh, school that Bailey Zappi and Mike White uh, attended at Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And uh, uh, I think the kid's name is uh, Aiden Taylor or something like that. And uh, he's going to be back. So uh, uh, you have to look at a lot of stuff like that. You guys are leaving mm-hmm. 
about who's who's not who who's uh declared for the draft and isn't playing. It's gonna be a lot of fun to talk draft with you as the season progresses, you know, into the off season and draft with the knowledge you have on this kind of shit, Tooch. Yeah, well, I, I'm about to start. I think uh, studying the draft players just because I like to think about, you know, dream about who the Bears are gonna take and stuff. And can I ask uh, you a question? Because this is something that I've been doing. Um, have you started scouting quarterbacks, even though we don't need one, just to see what that potential would be for the second? Pick in just, the draft from, that we... just from guys that I've watched uh, through the season, okay. you know, and, and, and uh, I forget who I think we we're talking to uh, Barfly Tailgate about players that the Bears could take a flyer on, like Malik Cunningham, who kind of has a game similar to Justin Fields or uh, Hendon Hooker, if he were to come out. Well, uh, what I'm what I'm asking is like players, like quarterbacks that could potentially be a pick that that would be high enough someone would want to trade up to our pick to give us a boatload of picks from like someone that might come yeah. up, you know, maybe like a, in my mind, I'm thinking like a Will Levis. There's, that's what fact, I was just Al- about to say. It would be, yeah, a, I mean, that, that's look, the guy. The gun and the, the quick release that that kid has. I, I yeah. see him just climbing the boards. Someone that, you know, like an Indianapolis or someone like that might fear I'm losing out at that could trade up to the bears or something like that. Yeah, Will Levis is the first guy that comes to mind, and uh, I don't know if you saw his whatever viral video of him just like super accurate hitting guys. But you know, he was in shorts in a gym. You know, mm-hmm. uh, look look good, but uh, you know, uh, Kentucky's offensive line was notoriously bad this year, so uh, he didn't look as yeah he didn't look as good on tape. That's how Zach Wilson bamboozled everybody. Yep, <laughs> yep. So we'll see. I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> what is Stephen? Stephen P was one. Yeah. I came back. I'm a little. I was a little. I, I came back. My first day back, I was four and one. I felt pretty good. Then two bad days. Today looks like a winning, winning day today for me. But, Dude, I like that guy. Hold on. I like Dude's that got, guy. Who's got Stephen Me out there selling ass? Ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Me, for those of you on the audio podcast, Stephen Me says, I've lost a million dollars taking Butch's gambling, but this week he's going to tell you. You only, you only, <laughs> only bet <laughs> what you can afford to lose, Stephen. Wait, the next right. thing he said, Aldo. <laughs> then he adds, uh, Can anyone, oh, can anyone lend me five bucks? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stephen, he better like put Stephen the Daisy Dukes on. Listen, yeah. gambling is tough, even for professional gamblers. And one of the reasons I love Tooch because he spends the time doing the research. It's not just pulling shit out of his ass. He's he's doing really? research. Yeah. And uh, everyone, just like the stock market, you look at the stock market, it fucking fluctuates as much as fucking the Great America wooden roller coaster ride. That it's yeah. kind of like a YouTube podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, is you got to stick with it, as Tucci will tell you. You got to stick with it because it eventually will come out and you're positive. And that, that's the trick is, is get Just out of it, it. when you're at the top. So, yeah. uh, Steven loves you. He's just yeah. kidding with you. <laughs> <laughs> but please send them five bucks because again, <laughs> five five bucks, five bucks. yeah, I've been slumping the past yesterday and the day before, but today it looks like a winning day, so I don't know. We got to get back into it. I, I see this is the weird thing you land, and then all of a sudden you start giving out gambling advice. I'm like, dude, give yourself a time to fucking get, get through the uh, fucking uh, what's it called, uh, jet lag. 
Yeah, I know. I shouldn't have come back so early. I know. I He's on the plane like, what can I do? What can I do? Uh, it looks like I'll be four and two today and up three and a half units. So not bad. But we'll take and I give it. that I, advice to Tooch, but I'm the same way, man. You just want to get back into it. I, I'm on vacation. I'm all, I'm, and I'm constantly thinking about work and what can we do creatively with this show and the other shows and stuff. It's hard, man. It's hard. And Tooch is, is dedicated to what he does. I'm really jet lagged too. And it's, it's been so cold. I've been 85 degree weather for three and a half weeks. You know, I get back here and it's like nine degrees. I've got to take that's, the bus that's, to work. That's, and, that's where I'm at too. I'm enjoying yeah. the 85 degree weather here in Florida. It's not 85, but I'm in Florida. Yeah. It's pretty nice. But I yeah. like, uh, congratulations to you, Tooch, for just taking the time out to go enjoy yourself and be with your yeah. family and your wife's family and, and the awesome. Philippines and just, you know, get away from the barroom. Yeah. And everything else well, you just I missed enjoy the yourself. Room. I mean, that was that was painful. Of course you me, did, so. but but you come back and you just you're you're now you're retooled, ready to go with like probably new ideas and stuff, right? You know? You can't you can't go too far away from your barkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. The pod <laughs> father. Right back, right back there. The pod yeah, father. You know, that poster, that poster, that pod father poster was uh produced because of uh Mr. Shorty's uh inspiration calling cool. pod father and stuff. I Thank you, that. Donna. Thank yeah, you, Donna. I, I was looking for places to retire there. My wife and I have found a nice little spot, some lots for sale. And it would be about for the lot and house would be about eighty thousand for wow. the house. So and the land. We're gonna lose Tooch. I told you we were gonna fucking lose Tooch. I, I like, can't I can't you. retire. Sixty two is the minimum age. Yeah, but Tooch. you can live a lot so cheaper. Yeah, about seven there. seven and a half more years. Tooch, just remember, Tooch. The Philippines ain't Vegas. What happens in the Philippines doesn't stay in the Philippines. Yes. <laughs> so that, that lady boy that drilled you is on tape somewhere. <laughs> and I'm gonna get my hands on that. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's uh let's pull the plug on this episode I, of Going All the Show. Can I, can can I get ahead, one last uh yes. thoughts from each of you about uh I'm kind of uh, like part of me, you know, uh is against this thought of bubble wrapping Justin Fields for the last three games. And part of me says, fuck you, you know, to let him play and stuff. But the, to me, the risk is just too great because, uh, and I, I know people will say, oh, injuries can happen anytime. He could step on the field in the first game of the season next year. And Kyler Gordon. Right. You know, I mean, last, last week, uh, I want to use the yeah, Kyler Murray last week. Or Kyler Murray. Yeah, thank Kyler you, Murray last week, you know, and I, I, I was – I had him as a quarterback. I needed like 25 points to win my game at fantasy football with him and, and DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray first play of the game tears his ACL and non-contact. So uh, lost the uh, lost the fantasy football game. That doesn't matter. But the Cardinals are they're not going to have Kyler Murray for almost all of next year. You know, right. until at least yeah. you know I'll until pa- at least I'll December. I apologize, Tooch. I can't answer yeah. that. All, you know what I'm going to do, Mr. Shorty. Knock on wood. Yeah. And, I, I mean, uh, to me, uh, Just, Justin Fields is too important to uh, to risk all of that. And I would rather wait till next year when we built a better offensive line. We've, been, we've got better skill position players. And, and the kid isn't doing everything by himself. Because when he left the game, went into the locker room, you know, I was just like, man, I think we dodged a bullet there. You know, but uh, I would love to get your guys' thoughts on uh, would it, would it make that big of a difference to just you know let him sit for three games 
and uh, get ready for next season. I know it sucks that we'd have to watch Nathan Peterman for three games, but man, I'm going to go last. Just so you know. Yeah. Okay. I just, uh, part of me says, you know, let's just call the season. He's done. He's broken all these NFL records. I mean, getting the NFL record for most rush. I, I love that. I want the kid to have all that and you know, learning, getting three more games of experience to me. It doesn't out. It doesn't, outweigh the risk of uh, losing this kid for all of next year. That would just right, no kill matter. the whole rebuild of polls. No matter what do you think? I guess I just got to knock on wood. I'm, I'm like, uh, I felt since he, uh, yeah, since he hurt his uh, shoulder, I, I was of that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm still of that mindset, but I understand why they're doing it right now, why they're not sitting him. They don't want yeah. to start treating guys special or uh, even though he's a franchise quarterback, it probably sends the wrong message to the rest of the locker room. That's the only thing I can think of in my head as to why they would still be playing. I, I, I would say that I think that the reason why they're playing him is because you have three games left now. Well, four from the last game on that. You need to try to develop, this passing game as much more as you possibly can before the season ends. We all know what he can do as a running quarterback, right? He's, he's, he's on pace for the record. And if he doesn't get it, who gives a fuck? The next three games to me is about just trying to uh, work him even more and more in depth into the offense, because as we've talked about from the beginning of the season, there's plays within plays in the offense, and he's starting to learn those plays within the plays. You know, and the more games you give him reps in and live game reps, training camp reps, practice reps, don't make shit. Uh, don't mean shit when it comes to real live game reps like this. And if he gets injured, I mean, it would be goddamn unfortunate. But if he if you keep playing him and he only builds from there and does not get injured, the only benefit from that would be that you're going to have something to, if we can, let's just say we beat, we beat the bills or we beat the lions or we beat the Vikings. If we do win one more game, I mean, cause God, it would suck to just lose out for the, 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 how, how the, like the, how the, the, the locker room would be right. You want to at least try to get one more win out of here so that you can have something to build for. Because we, we're, all these teams that we're playing are either teams that have already beaten us or they're playoff teams. And if we can beat one of them and get the confidence going into next season from one of those wins and continue to develop, Justin, I think that we just need to be careful with how we're doing it to try to limit, you know, just maybe talk, whisper in his ear and be like, hey, just be a little bit more careful. Just try not to get... Don't take those chances because you don't need to right now. We're just trying to work on this one thing, which is would one more win change their draft position? I think it probably would not, based on. I mean, you'd have to have a couple. You know, the teams that are in position of that to also lose, which they probably will. So, I don't know. I mean, but right right now, I think we got the second overall pick. Right, we have the second overall pick. If we win one more game and whoever whoever else keeps losing, the Broncos or whoever, mm-hmm. does it? What where is that going to put us to from second to fifth? Yeah, possibly. So, yeah. So we'll be four and I eleven. Mean, we'll, you know, but that's still a- that that's still territory where you can. You, 
that might be prime territory for that, like that Will Levis pick, where somebody would want to trade up to it. You know, I, yeah, I'm I think, just saying I think you, you got to be around second or first for that. In my in my opinion, I think that you need to continue to work on the development of the quarterback and not worry. If you're playing scared, then you're you're fucking done. You're tanking. Yeah. So you have to play to develop. Is my opinion. Yeah, here's my thoughts on this. I, I feel like our quarterback, he's the future. He's the franchise quarterback, but we yep. shouldn't bubble wrap him because he needs to improve his passing skills. You know, he needs to improve those little short passes. That's where his, his biggest deficiency right now as a quarterback is these short passes. I mean, there's guys four or five yards away from him, and he's missing them. So I want to see him develop that confidence where he can – Bring up his level of passing, at, uh, uh, at those that short passing. He's an excellent long ball thrower. He's, he can see guys 20, 30 yards downfield and get the ball to them because of his strong arm. But as for the point of you know protecting him, there's ways that you can do that with, with the play calling, max protecting, making sure you've studied the, the opposing team and you, the, the best pass rushers are being double teamed. Um, and that's, that's going to be an onus on Justin Fields because he's going to have now six, seven guys blocking for him and fewer receivers downfield, but that's the way you gotta, you gotta do it. I just want to see accuracy. That's why you got to compartmentalize everything that's happening on the football team right now. You've got to account for the poor offensive line. You got to account for the opponent. You got to account for this and that and so forth. And so you want to just create scenarios for Justin Fields to succeed. And those might be, you know, very, very simple things, but it it still is important. It's much more important than the score of the game at this point. There's no way we can get to the playoffs. And while I would want that second overall pick, because you can exchange that for multiple picks and even pick up like multiple first round picks, that's huge. I love that, and it would expedite the rebuild. You can't put too much of an onus on that because it's a disrespect to everybody that is suiting up in the Bears locker room and is going out and listening to the coach, and let's and, and that coach is saying, "Let's go out there and win." You can't just to add to just just to add to my opinion uh, very very quickly is that you know the, the 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 Cardinals were in the mix for the playoffs and they lost their quarterback, so it's not like. Do you think that the Cardinals were out of the mix? Do you think that the Cardinals were out of mix? They've been out of it for a while. Oh, okay. Well, they were still playing him, right? So they were still trying to develop even that quarterback in a system where they had already paid him, right? So I just think it's 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 kind of false, or I don't know, I can't think of the word, I, I, the best words to use for it. But I think that you need to just not be not play scared. Keep your quarterback in there and just play out the season. I mean, the, the chances of an injury, yes, they, they can occur. But they're – The chances are less who knows? for an injury next year when we have a better offensive line, better skill position players. You know, that's my – You don't know that. Kyler, Kyler Murray blew out his knee on a non-contact injury. I mean, it, yeah. You know, he just was cutting. So it could be anything. So it just – you might as well just play out the season in my so, – so by your logic, you know, you're okay with Justin Fields' non-contact injury here and him not being available for most of next year. Um, 
I, 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 I'm not going to risk, speculate. Risking that, that, just risking it. No, I think that the that the opportunity to develop is more important than. I don't. Uh, I think. Because there's a lot of things you can work on the on this in the offseason, the short passing game, all of this stuff. He's going to work on that stuff anyways. But I understand that the team can't do that, you right. know. But I wish they would. I'm, I agree with Tooch there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with Tooch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because to me, losing Justin Fields until December of next year, or possibly for the rest of his career, doesn't outweigh. I mean. Uh, it, Three games of development does not outweigh that uh, that chance of losing Justin Fields. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Because the outside of Justin Fields, there's maybe one or two other players who would start on every on any other team. <laughs> oh, there's shit. Fields, Jalen Johnson, Jaquan Brisker. Mate he is Jackson, our only hope. Hamburg. Yeah, there's <laughs> a, there there aren't many other players that could start on a on another team that are on the Bears right. roster right now. We have about four sure. or five guys out sure. of fifty three. Yeah, they, they, they've all been released by other teams. You know, Equinemius St. Brown was drafted to be a starting wide receiver for the Packers. Yep. Didn't cut it, so he was released. So for all of us here in Chicago to think that with no offensive line, with a brand-new offensive coordinator, with a brand-new head coach, with uh, no, no no significant playmakers, uh, that Equinemius St. Brown was going to be a number one or no, even number two quality wide receiver – yeah. That's that's praying for a lot, you know. So yeah. Well, anyway. so Aldo Aldo was the was the team set up to fail. Yes, I absolutely believe. You and I have was. talked about it before, man. Yes. Well, this is like a major league, you know. Yes, put together exactly. the shittiest roster, you know. Exactly. And and, and and the play calls to like not succeed, and then just you're not the Dolphins where you're saying. Hey, I want you to not win. You're just going. We're going to make this. So that it looks I mean, like Ju- Justin Fields is going to raise hell if they try to sit him because he's right. just so mm-hmm. damn competitive. As yeah. right as Foster Cover says, yes, you're right. He's no, he's, I mean, he's going to play. Indeed. And and you know, I, I I want him to play. I want him to play because I think, you know, if you heard those three sound bites that we well, played sure earlier. Watch Nathan Peterman for three games. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't want to <laughs> see yeah. Nathan Peterman anywhere near the Chicago Bears uh, starting quarterback position. But if you heard uh, Fields in those comments that we played earlier in the show, he was talking about how he has learned how to run, how he has learned how to protect his body more. And so the chances of injury, I think, are actually decreasing despite the injuries to the offensive line, mainly because of Justin Fields. And I really do believe that the coaching staff that has been referring to him now as the franchise quarterback, they're going to do everything possible to keep him safe. Doesn't that feel good to say that, though? It does. Excuse me? Doesn't it feel good to say that franchise quarterback? We we haven't said that since Jim McMahon, and I don't don't even know if he was really – Yeah, I don't don't think he ever really fulfilled that. We might have said it. Tutu, you all know are correct. Just think about this for a second. Now, I don't, I don't want to carry this on, but if you and Aldo are correct, they intentionally put together a shit team, okay? Yep. If that if that way of thinking is correct, what does that say about these coaches to have taken? Oh, uh, they did a fantastic job. Except what for, does that? Say? I mean, think, I'm Eberflus, that's the part that excites me. Eberflus you know? did a great, fantastic job. That's the part totally that excites agree. me. Yep. 
And then mm -hmm. uh, um, Luke Getze wasn't, he had a couple clunkers, but for the most part, uh, loved some of the play calling. He, he figured out how to use Justin Fields. Uh, the defense of coordinator you could, you know, criticize here and there, but he didn't have a lot to work with. Like I said, the defensive line hasn't had a sack since week six. Um, I wanna... And then special teams has been the weakest group. It's just the special teams has been disastrous from kicking to returning to coverage. Uh, that is definitely going to have to uh, be looked at closely in the offseason. I want to end my responses by saying this. If they're not going to play Justin Fields, that I would rather them play David Montgomery, a quarterback, who is the the, the fourth string fucking quarterback? Because Let's I do go. not want to see Nathan Peterman. I, it would be much more exciting to see what David Montgomery could do at quarterback than it would be to fucking watch Nathan Peterman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Enough yep. said there. <laughs> I was at the Senior Bowl uh, the year that Nathan Peterman was a part of that team, and it was obvious that he was like, "We can't find another fucking senior to play quarterback." <laughs> Please don't draft him in the fourth round. Please don't. Oh, we got Mitch Trubisky. Oh, fuck, same guy. <laughs> so, so anyway, that is our show for tonight. I would like to go around the horn and have uh, all of you guys uh, give a shout out or promote whatever you want. Uh, take a few seconds to do so. And why don't we start with the man to my screen left, Johnny Santucci. Oh, man. I'm glad to be back. Missed all you guys. Uh, shout out to all the shows. I, you know, all the hard work. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, and a, a happy new year. And I hope uh, uh, next year is, is better than this one in, in, a, in every respect. And uh, wish uh, health to health and happiness to all your families as well. There you go. Mr. Shorty. I just want to say, Tooch, it's great to uh, get on the barroom and have some good conversations with you because I don't really think I've ever done it before other than what <laughs> we were on before with uh, before we came on the barroom. And, um, yeah, and I was looking for you at the uh, bowling alley with all that. Yeah, party I know. I was, I was looking I, forward to meeting you. I was you like, where the hell is Shorty? I had my I was sick all that week, and then my wife got sick, and we almost didn't make it. And then we, yeah. she was good enough to make it, so we were able to at least get there for the game and shit. So uh, I'm sorry that I missed you. It would have been great to to yeah. meet you in person. And I want to say to you, uh, Nomad, thank you so much for coming back on Bears Country Podcast and the Barroom Network. It's been a fucking blast. Yeah. Uh, I think we're having a lot of fun. Aldo, I want to thank you for everything that you have done for myself and Bears Country Podcast and everything on the Barroom Network. And I want to make sure everybody fucking likes this goddamn podcast because this was one of the funnest ones that I've ever done. And it's been so fun to not actually have to host it. So that has been amazing. Thank you, Aldo. <laughs> well, it's funny that you're saying that. But and I'll, I want to say also uh, happy, um, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone and a happy birthday to me. Go ahead. It's funny that you're saying that. I'll withhold my retort to that in a second. Nomad, uh, go ahead and give your shout-outs and whatever you would like to share with us. I just wanted to say, hey, you know, it's, I appreciate it, although we all have we have fun when we come on the show. That's what it's designed to be. And I I just appreciate you for having this platform and having, this, having me be on it with you. And I, I do really appreciate that. I know I talk a lot of shit, but I really do appreciate it. And um, just being back on Bear, Bears Country Podcast, I just want to let you guys know we're going to keep bringing it through the season, and the offseason will not be boring. You know I'm going to bring the ruckus. I'll be on top of shit. So no matter what, that, that show is going to be interesting. So keep tuning in. 
bring your friends, bring tell your friends to bring friends and Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. <laughs> and I want to say this thank you to everyone in chat for hanging out with us the entire night. It's been so much fucking fun. And Merry Christmas yeah, yeah. to all of you guys. Yeah, we've had a bunch of people in the chat room who have stuck with us for all three hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. I just want to say uh, next week uh, at this very time, I hope to be having sex with my wife because it will be our 15th wedding anniversary. And therefore, I will not be able to make next week's show. And I'm hoping that Mr. Shorty. Tooch, Nomad, and Dan Aguirre can handle the show all by themselves. I will cut the media mash up for you. I will cut, uh, cut other highlights and stuff for you. You guys have fun doing this. Uh, if you accept my invitation to do the show, I really, really would love it if you did. And that way I can have some fun with my... Uh, my, my. I would wife. love to accept that invitation what day is you, it? Aldo. You can go it's have sex with your Tuesday, wife. Please do. She's been in Hawaii for like half a year. Yes, that's right. So she's all worked up and ready uh, for me to jump her bones, and I'm ready for her to jump my bones. So that, that should be a good time. So hopefully uh, Nomad, Mr. Shorty, Tooch, and, of course, Dan Aguirre uh, can be here next week. And uh, for the rest of our coverage this week, we've got Buffon 55 tomorrow. And when I say the rest of our coverage, I'm talking about Bears coverage. And we've got a great guest who is going to help us understand what the Buffalo Bills are doing offensively and defensively. We're going to talk about what weaknesses the uh, Bills have that the Bears can perhaps exploit. It wouldn't be great. I mean, fuck, fuck the draft pick. You know, it wouldn't be great to have that little medal on your honor to beat the B Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in the NFL. That's my opinion. And, um, and so that will be tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central live here on the, on the Barroom Network. You can get the show on demand afterwards. And uh, later in the week, it'll be the Mac and Reed show also talking about Chicago Bears. We've also got hockey and baseball content during the 2 p.m. hour on Wednesday and Thursday. So the best way to keep keep a track of what we're doing here at the Barroom Network is to subscribe to our channel and uh, you will get alerts whenever we are live. And then just uh, take a look at all of our archive programs and make sure you go over to the Bears Country podcast YouTube channel. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan uh, Mr. Shorty has tons of great material there, opinions, some great videos, well-produced videos and so forth. And of course, follow John Santucci at John Santucci VIP. If you want to win some money, even... But you got to stay with him. You know, you're not going to don't take his advice and say, oh, fuck, I lost and think that he's a loser. No, that's not the way betting works. <laughs> Fucking betting is a marathon. It's a marathon. And if you don't have. Uh, thank you, Foster. And if you don't have the money to make that long term investment, then that's not for you. Go do something else. Go sell some pencils in the corner. Go sell some, yeah. some apples. Although I, I finally bet on the bowls and they didn't let me down tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> you still Plus four have to do your I told you. At, at Miami. Oh, Miami was right there. banged up. Yeah. Took my bullies and they, they delivered. I think they won by like 10 or 13, something like that. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, that is our show for today. Uh, Nomad, uh, Mr. Shorty, love you guys. Thank you for being here tonight. And Tooch, I always love you. Nomad, and, I'm going to uh, get Jordan Silvera to come on next week. 
Cage match. We need it. We need a. We need a Christmas turkey. Hosting that show. That he just said we're hosting that shit. That's gonna be. We'll cook a Christmas turkey live on TV. Hey, if you want to have Jordan on next week, trust me, I will interrupt. Man, where he is. I have Jordan's number. I can make that happen. I can call up Jordan right now. We're gonna double double the number of viewers next week. Although I will stop having sex with my wife to say, "Oh, I gotta watch this." I I, I like what you're onto there, Tooch. Maybe I should make that happen. Yeah, I I, I, I never, I didn't get to to uh, comment. Like Nomad said that. Justin Fields is the prototype for the future of the NFL. I just wanted to say, I, mean, I, I wanted to say that that was fucking nailed that comment. You know, I appreciate uh, that. I totally, man. totally agree. I, I, I don't know. We went on to something else before I can say that, but man, that's a, a guy who can change the defensive game plan, run and throw and transcend you know, schemes. Everyone's going to want to make that their quarterback of the future. And take yeah. it to the fucking house. Like I said, in Bear State Affairs, he's the best running back on our team. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know? I appreciate yeah. that, man. That's that is the way it's going, ain't it? Yeah, totally, totally All agree. Right. Yep, Mister Shorty, thank you very much for being <laughs> the show. I want to, I want at least if you're going to get put that fucking Mark Tressman picture up there, <laughs> can I at least, can I at least end with my own ending? Absolutely. <laughs> Take that fucking Tressman picture off there, okay? Man, what are you? I want to go like this. I want to. I want to do the Bears Country podcast breakdown. I want to go one, two, three, Bears. So if this is not my show, but I'm gonna do it myself. Ready? One, two, three, Bears. You guys. Bears. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network and you give us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, my name is Nomsi. Bear down.